we have a million things to talk about, man. Like I, do you, <laughs> you've, you've lived for a few weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. You've been free and clear. You're out of yeah, shock, Shank. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I should go, I should go and stand, <laughs> sit out in the rain. <laughs> And um, do frame. <laughs> get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> Every time Shawshank comes up, we quote the same things. <laughs> it's the same and it's got the same timing. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> everybody to another episode of the motor mouth podcast the podcast where a lot of great ideas have gone absolutely nowhere my name is joel tyree and with me as always is my esteemed co-host the ghost of tim gerard hello oh. <laughs> you can you can add the reverb and post <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you should if you remember how to do it correctly <laughs> i do now i do now, and do I've, now. Actually been, I've been going through so the the the, the assignments that i haven't sort of posted on my website and on social media i've been going back in and before i do that i've been fixing the reverb and i'm like oh this okay i get it this is what this is supposed to sound like that makes sense <laughs> Right here, I'm going to put the, I learned the James Bond uh, chord that like after he delivers it, he goes, that twangy thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it right here. With a bunch of reverb. (laughs) (laughs) Reverb will return. (laughs) Oh, outstanding. Well... (laughs) Usually there's two topics. Usually Saturday's left. The, well, the second thing is true. We're just going to talk about Marvel again. Marvel movie megacast episode four, phase three, part two plus Morbius. Is that all the things, Tim? Did I list all the things? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> also, maybe pray because I want to talk to you about pray. Ooh. Oh yeah. There's some crossover. I think I think Predator is back with Marvel. For a while, they were uh, on the uh, DC side. Oh, okay. Predator versus um, Batman. Uh, I think it's in versus Punisher at one point too. I think there's both those crossovers. Yeah, and, and I think like there was like Dark Horse, which I think was DC yeah. had like Alien. So I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. I always wonder with stuff like that. Is it just like, oh, we're going to agree to allow this crossover to happen or like, yeah, it, it is weird with stuff like that because there are properties that you don't think of being owned by a comic book, but either at one point they were a comic book or now they are. So it's like. I think what was Swamp Thing was with Vertigo. Vertigo was like a mini imprint kind of, yeah. of DC, Within, but it, yeah, it I think had so. its own, like they bought it rather than it came from DC. Yeah. It came from DC. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. It's always hard to tell. Like at least with Marvel, they have like, you know, Marvel Max, which is like when they've done like the more mature stuff. 
But I feel like that would, well, yeah, it's obviously Marvel. And it, and it's usually a lot of their same character, or even like with like the Unlimited, you know, it would be Spider-Man and X-Men and uh, Avengers, you know. So it's like, you know, okay, those are Marvel things. This is like a little side universe within the Marvel universe, you know. But as opposed to just having a title that's like completely different, like who 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 owns this? Who is this part of really, you know? And recently, like DC's gotten this is we're talking as much about DC as Marvel. See, we're we're balanced here. <laughs> they all suck sometimes. <laughs> but like DC will do like God love them. Every time they restart the universe, they'll try out some new new characters in addition to the five Batman series they have running at one time. Right. Like recently they, they had one was like Curse of Brimstone. Like it was a really cool, like almost ghost ridery like like protagonist, but it kind of had a like drifting from town to town aspect and things like demons were attacking him. But like it was it had really cool art and just really bad writing. It wasn't they just didn't go anywhere interesting really. But like they, they had a, a whole run of those characters that run for about a year and a half before mm-hmm. dumping out all again to <laughs> tie in with Watchmen. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was a thing I was interested in, where it was supposed to, yeah, like crossover with the Watchmen universe. I never, I haven't read that stuff yet. Um, I mean, I feel if, like I read the first two or three issues, and then I got sick of trying to track it down on the day, so I never went back. I need to. It's supposed to be good. Like people like yeah. it. I mean, it's funny too because like a lot of the like, I'm definitely on board for a lot of the the DC sort of like. Um, you know, big crossover stuff, because I mean, I've, I've done the homework, you know, I think we did a whole other episode on like, all of the 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 DC stuff that I've read through. And, you know, all the way back from like Nightfall and Death of Superman to like, I think where I kind of stopped was the, uh, I think, Final Crisis. I think that's kind of where I stopped collecting the trades. And I kind of wanted to, I wanted to read, I wanted to be able to read more of them to see like, do I actually want to dump the money in all this? Plus, at that point, too, I think, around that time I was buying a ton of trade paperbacks because I could get them at comic book shows for like $5 where they're normally like 20, $25, you know? And uh, I think that was part of it as I was getting into stuff that wasn't old enough to be super cheap yet. It was all just cover price. It's like, if you want to read this story, that's going to cost you 15 to $25. And it's like, I don't know, you know, and everything got a lot bigger at that point, you know? Um, I mean, I have some of the stuff after that because I do have like the, I think we talked about this before the Batman and Robin with like Dick Grayson and Damian uh, Wayne, you know, some, I have some of those. And then like, you know, there's the battle for the cowl. I think I don't have that actual story, but I think that was supposed to take place before that, you know? So it's like, you know, again, one of the things where they kind of shook up the whole DC universe and I kind of have the story that led to all of that, like, Oh, Batman's quote unquote dead. Every, all this other stuff happened. And then, kind of picking up the pieces after that. That's always the big thing. Cause yeah, like you said, they'll use that to launch all these new series and it's like, okay, which one of these do I need to collect? You know? Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of what's, what happened before. Um, also, I think, you know, my other big thing I was doing was like the darkest night, blackest night. I mean, and that one was like, I think I never finished collecting the brightest day limited series that came after that. And that was that going was sort through of, all of the books, right? Like there was Batman, I think so. There were at least like, there would be like a, I think like a Batman limited series that tied in, even if the main Batman series didn't get into that because I mean, you know, it, it was a universe wide thing. It wasn't just a green lantern thing. It was the big crossover. 
Um, and that's, that's what I really liked about it was that it, it was this green lantern story that got so big, it affected the entire DC universe. And, um, yeah. And like affected other characters and dipped into other things. And, um, so yeah, so like, I, you know, I wanted to read all of that and then kind of what happened as a result of that. Like, I think part of what, what happened was there were like 12 DC characters who were like resurrected after that as a result. Right. And then it was kind of like following them. And I think soon after that was when they launched the new 52. So I think it kind of like, again, like there was a big event, they kind of rebuilt the DC universe and then 12 issues later, one year later, they're like, no, never mind all that. I, I don't know if that's when Flashpoint happened. I think Flashpoint might have been the thing that launched the new 52. That's what I was trying to, I think that's. that's yeah. The- so that's, that's around, I think, where I stopped with all that stuff. It was like, okay, like none of this, none of this matters anymore. <laughs> you know, so it's like you, you made me, you know, and, and I get it. They're trying to make things different so that people can come in fresh and be like you don't have to know about all this stuff but like yeah for those of us who have been learning and collecting all and following all these threads and then it's just like nope never mind that's all that's all fake that's all garbage i mean i guess that's what it's like people who are reading the star wars books and they're like oh no no that's canon now and it's like (laughs) what the hell you know (laughs) by people do you mean me tim (laughs) well no no you know my best friend's actually like an avid star star wars book reader too i mean i think he's i think he's able to just be like hey if i like the story i don't care if it's canon or not you know um he's not as i don't think he's as obsessed with continuity as i am so it's like i mean who what is? must that be like <laughs> yeah yeah i know yeah so yeah that's always one of yeah i mean you i mean you've seen that too it's like oh have you read this no i haven't because i haven't read this 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 and this first you know it's like that's that's how a lot of conversations start and end <laughs> well that's i mean they'll have those big shakeups, and then they'll have tom king write batman for 60 issues and just fucking decimate everything like reference everything pull everything brutal back up make bane badass again and then just like run out of gas because he's like a shorter run like his stuff is oh, okay yeah like he does really he's like lemire in that i mean lemire can do long form stuff but like king does does a mean 12 part series man like <laughs> mr miracle wise like he 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 push out like a limited series like no other but like and then they they trashed all of that stuff i feel like they they it I'm, i probably contributed to it because i didn't like the the cock tease of the wedding thing we are talking about marvel today <laughs> but <laughs> no, i just like it, it's interesting that like throughout all of these shakeups they they really you get now generational writers like people who grew up reading stuff from the eighties and the nineties now. So when they're going to reference stuff, it's become even more self-referential and like calling Mm. things back, which is kind of cool that they're like, I feel like the, the upper echelons are younger and more experimental. They were the experimental guys who wrote all this stuff or people who wrote all the stuff that we thought was really cool. And then now they're okaying stuff that goes even weirder or further back. Like, it's just that the, their Marvel and DC are such different companies now than even they were ten years. I mean, they're different companies these five minutes than the last five right. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like having a new CEO or like project manager or media manager every five minutes, like. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, Marvel. <laughs> Phase three. Part two. We left our discussion with the much maligned. What am I? Larry Dick. Not Larry Dick. Larry, Larry King? I don't know. So tell me, Tim. Timothy. I don't do any research before these things. Do you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> I keep watching. <laughs> I keep watching uh, all of the Oh Hello stuff. I was watching all of the different Too Much Tunas. Oh, yeah. And they hosted the Spirit Awards. And they did like a 90-second street wall, uh, Y talk. And every time they're talking to somebody new, they're like, You Jewish? You Jewish? You Jewish? <laughs> and I, it's just for some reason that... My my bad, Larry King <laughs> reminded me. Are you Jewish? <laughs> Do you brush your hair? <laughs> I don't know what to ask you because I've been dead for a minute. <laughs> he did. I feel did he <laughs> because of the office. I'm never sure of when he died. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was a thing I saw in an episode of something where they had Larry King and they're like, Oh, we're going to resurrect Larry King. And they're like, Larry King is a dead. Like that, that was like a, a joke that they were kind of like, actually, and Chris was just watching the one with Smokey Robinson where, you know, Ryan. Thought Smokey <laughs> Robinson, you know? So, yeah. I feel like that's, that's a good thing Smoke to do. It's like, yeah, if, you, if you don't have an idea for a story, like pick someone who you're not sure is dead and we'll, we'll discuss that in a funny way. <laughs> Larry King, the second entry on Google is dead? Question mark. January twenty third, twenty twenty one. So he's been. He he had a good, good long run there. (laughs) So old dude. (laughs) Rest in peace, Larry. This Marvel movie mega cast goes out to the memory of Larry <laughs> King. <laughs> now I'm gonna... Wasn't Stan Lee supposed to be like Larry King in one movie? I forget oh, which one it was. I, yeah, he gets confused for Larry King or and he and Hugh Hefner in one. Yeah. Because I think Tony Stark like pats him because he's wearing like a robe and oh, yeah. he look great half and moves on. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, he's also with like a bunch of like women too. But yeah, that could have just been Stanley being Stanley. <laughs> I like that uh, in Fast Fantastic Four two, he's not able to make it into the wedding. <laughs> Which oh, I think yeah. isn't he in like that the, the big bridal party like for the wedding? There, there's that big cover right for the Fantastic Four where Sue Storm and. Uh, Reed Richards are getting married and like everybody's there. I think there is like a Stan Lee oh, crying okay. in that wedding uh, party, not like just the reception, like everybody right, right. who was at the ceremony. That's the oh, that's I was funny. looking for. Anyway, Larry King is dead. This episode is the Larry King Memorial Marvel movie Megacast part two, part three, part two of part three. Oh my god. It's like the episode of The Office where like Michael's trying to give a toast. And they're like, that's not a toast. Just saying Michael Scott. with a drink in your hand doesn't make it a toast. Here's the toast. <laughs> I thought you were talking about where they're at the wedding and he has like the opening is the most part, the important part. I like to start oh, with does. like seven. Yeah. <laughs> my that's name true. is Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we ended last discussion with Thor Ragnarok. So does that mean we did talk about it, or that was the we first did. one? We're gonna, okay, that was the last one we did talk about. Okay, yes. So we are picking it up with Black Panther. 
Oh, nice. This movie was killer. Like, it was really good. I was really excited to see it in theaters. It's just like a James Bond movie. It's like a badass, really cool spy international intrigue movie. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. It was it was so cool too, because like I I mean I didn't I didn't know what to expect because I I feel like I've read like I have somewhere I have a collection, it's like either the first five of an ongoing series or five issue limited series of like Black Panther, but like from the late seventies, early eighties. And it's like I, I think I've read a few here and there. I mean I was kind of aware of Black Panther around the time of like the Marvel, the first civil war, um, you know, because that was kind of part of it is like what role is Wakanda going to play. And I think around that time was also like when uh, T'Challa and like storm were maybe going to get married. And that was kind of going on at the time, but yeah, like I didn't know a lot about Wakanda and like how, how it all worked and how it was going to translate into the comics and everything. So it was, it was really cool. I, I do. I think I've said that before. I like going into Marvel movies for characters that aren't like my favorite who I've studied up on. And it's like, what is this going to be like, you know? And, um, and yeah, it was, it was just so cool. It was such a cool take. It was such a cool way to kind of show like here's what could have happened in an african nation if white people had left it alone you know like i i love that but it, i love how it was also i don't know if i was if i could say it was done in a subtle way because i mean it was like the core of it but you know the the idea that yeah that like you, you know, I feel like that's kind of the whole like missionary white savior thing is like, let me help you be better off. And it's like, no, leave us alone and we'll be better off than you are, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I love that. And I love that it was sort of the, the best way, like, what is it they say? Like the best revenge is becoming a huge success or something like that. You know, if someone thinks you're not going to make anything of yourself and then you go on to become, yeah, you know, I feel like that was kind of the, the idea there is like, you know, like, look how, look how well off they are. Um, and I love that they really got into this whole, like how it was a cross between a society that had moved forward technologically, but still maintained a lot of these like tribal customs and like the outfits and everything. So it wasn't like, you know, again, it, it's not like what a white person would imagine the future to look like where you, you know, you see tons of those and everything is like clean and sterile and everything's black and white and boring. You know, it was like, no, like they have this, they actually have this rich culture that they're carrying through with all of that technology, you know, and that was one of my favorite things about it, you know, and one of, one of the things that I kind of, um, which, you know, I was interested in this a lot before, but now it's kind of like, you know, now that I've learned that it's considered cultural appropriation, it's like, okay, like you can't just sort of dip in and pull things that you like from other cultures, but it's something I've kind of realized for a long time. And I think we've talked about this in other podcasts, how like, you know, America, or at least America, we know it, not talking about pre-white and America, Native America, like we don't, we don't have a culture, you know, I mean, part of it is being stealing from every other culture. Part of it is being, you know, or it's become this binary thing where everyone is fighting about opposite ends of the spectrum, but there's no sort of like unifying, you know, you know, in, in, I mean, even in like Wakanda, I feel like there were different tribes within Wakanda, but the idea that there were these different tribes that all kind of like 
work together and you know sometimes they fought against each other but it was like it was there and it was apparent and maybe maybe it's more so just the idea that there is a very visual component to that in terms of the style of their their clothes or their uniforms or you know whatever it is they're they're doing and wearing and that carries through all of the culture um you know that's something that's just always interested me in films when they're like oh we're, we've got to do something we've got to show that it's set here so we're referencing these things it's like what do you do if you're making a film where it's like, we want to let you know it takes place in America. So it's like either you're doing a mix of clothes from cultures all over the place that, that white people have appropriated, or you're doing like what colonial garb, you know, like that, that's, that's American, you know, it's also interesting. Like we have like monuments, like we, like it's Mm -hmm. like location based and even like cities, right? Like, yeah, yeah, New York is, is a, a, a place that has history and like a, a a tone to it. I get, and I, I guess I'm thinking about like through like music and film and stuff. Like we, like that's where a lot of like fusion of stuff is happening, you know, like in America, like that it's, it's like originated here. I mean, but it's, it's the amalgam of all of this theft and torture and appropriation. Like, um, but like I, I was thinking about that, like there seem there's like a a cutoff because America is so young, right? In terms of the, like the mythology and like the longevity of that mythology is different, and and younger and not as sophisticated and doesn't have any. We haven't forgotten how terrible we are or, or improved. We're still very like we haven't even defined what that that. Uh, I don't know the equivalent, like the the idea of that culture, Wakandan culture, developing uninterrupted for that long. Yeah, America has a starting point that's later, and it, like that, that's a part of it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. No, but it, like it's it's a super. It's really cool to see like a mainstream multi million dollar Afrofuturistic movie like and really leans into it like i that that's so that hadn't been hadn't been done like yeah all it makes me sad though because i feel like everything else that takes that route you know because i feel like what you know a lot of it's probably been like black exploitation up until now but now everything else that takes that direction be like oh you're just copying black panther and it's like no this is kind of what probably should have been done all along where it's like you know yeah like you know, getting to have a different version of the future, you know, that's not, yeah. Like, like, okay, what do, what do white people think the future is going to look like based on the direction they're steering things? Cause they're greedy and, you know, manifest destiny and all those things, you know, it's like, you know, and I mean, I feel, yeah, I feel like it's such a great version. I'm, I don't know if you remember like back at uh, one of the uh, comic cons when it was still comic con, when I had gone to that, like um, I forget, I think it was the panel on like, like the, a, a group of native Americans who are trying to sort of create the native American version of that, you know, like what America would be like and now and in the future, had it not been colonized. So that, that yeah. same sort of idea. I remember at the time trying to write the article about it for nerds, the geek. And it's like, I couldn't find any of the information online. So I think it was just getting started and it was yeah. just starting to be this idea. You know, a lot of it's done in kind of like comic book form. And there are these like indie comics that aren't like readily available, but um, but that whole idea of just like that, that, yeah, that that's spreading that like, yeah, like we should, this is, this should be our kind of like, you know, 
not our as in mine, but you know, them saying our version of the future that we get to kind of tell and say, like, look what we could have been if, you know, if this hadn't been interrupted, you know, but yeah, that should be, that shouldn't be something. And I mean, maybe I'm, I'm being pessimistic. Maybe if that does start to happen, people will be like, yes, this is just a genre that should have always been a genre, not your copying black Panther, you know? Right. But, but yeah, like that would be a great thing to see more of, you know? And it's it's weird because I don't know that I've seen it more than once or twice. Like it's one that I don't like. I I think when I'm doing rewatches this far in, there's just like so many. And mm-hmm. it's like okay, Endgame is coming, and Infinity War is right. coming. <laughs> How much there's that's like six hours of tele or of a movie, right? But it, it's it's so it's so self-contained too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good like one-off. Yeah. Like it's it's a solid like espionage. The production design is gorgeous. The way it's shot is really cool too. Like the it it, it feels like a James Bond movie. Like it really mm. has kind of that spy grandiose world trotting kind of grandeur to it. I like that it's got like just enough of a supernatural aspect too. Like the whole thing of like kind of him you know drinking that stuff to kind of give him his powers but it can also be taken away temporarily you know and like that kind of part of it where you know it's not it's not i mean you know we we believe enough to believe that captain america got some serum and can become a super soldier so like why not someone else and that it's that it's kind of like their version of that but it's it's much more natural it's like from the earth you know it's not like oh a bunch of scientists in a lab even though they could do that that has been around since even before the technology advanced to that point, you know? And um, so I thought that was, that was really cool too. A really good way to like work that in and in, in a way that we're kind of like used to a a level of like, you know, like fantasy or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, however you want to put it. But um, yeah, I feel like it was also like a cool thing that they could take the powers away to kind of like level that playing field when he has to fight Killmonger, you know, and you kind of get to see that, you know, the, the idea of like him having to be deserving of those powers, not just like, you know, which, you know, <laughs> echoes through with the whole like Spider-Man thing we talked about in Thor, you know, like that idea of like taking your powers away to prove you're worthy, you know, maybe, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe that's like with superhero films, maybe we've had superhero films long enough that it's become like a new sort of archetype that like, yeah, like you, you know, there are people who just have powers given to them, but like then those who have to earn their powers, or if they're just given to you and you don't appreciate them, you know, you have to like lose them in order to like gain them back. Whereas like, you know, Captain America got to skip that because he earned them by being who he was before he became Captain America, you know, but like, I feel like, yeah, some of the other people who have gotten powers, they don't necessarily deserve them. So they have to lose them to kind of regain them. So even though this was a different thing, it was kind of his choice to lose them to, you know, be part of that fight. But like, you know, ultimately he had to like come back and, you know, um, well, it almost has like the, the Kung Fu movie convention, right? Like he gets his ass kicked by the, the challenger, Right to to train up and 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 beat him at the at the end of the dojo like it, it that that aspect of I mean and and Michael B Jordan is incredible like he's great he's a really good villain he's jacked yeah. as all shit like and and just he's right <laughs> the way he's going right. about things is not a like I I agree yes you you are justified in your anger and i right. i believe and understand why you're doing the things that you're doing like 
And in, I, I like at the end, it, there's there's a train CGI discussion to be had. Like, I do like kind of the, the responsive suit and stuff. Mm. But at the end, like, and the gold suit is just nasty. And I love that, how glitzy and, and yeah. uh, gauche that is. But, like, and so it's a little, the, the CGI is a little, it's very rendered at that point, And it's it's okay. But, it, like, I love at the end that it's just, like, T'Challa is, like, pained at having like that be the result like somebody had to die like he didn't right. want that to be that's the thing like i i don't feel like t'challa ever he doesn't fail or like he's he's uh nervous and doesn't feel like confident but it's not like he made a mistake and failed or something he just mm-hmm. encountered an obstacle and had to rise to an occasion which i i think it's a really it's nice to have that hero arc too you know like where it's yeah. like you you could be the chosen one and have the powers and do all the things right, but if Clubber Lang comes and knocks your socks off, you got to go to Apollo Creed and he's got to train you up. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> the old Greek legend, Rocky Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I love I, I I love that they kind of explore too because like we see that Killmonger, you know, is he's he's a murderer without remorse and just kind of plows through it, and you know maybe enjoys it maybe just does it because it's necessary and he's just numb to it but then we see like you know the difference between that and then the idea of like you know uh the the, the comparison of like taking a life with the two of them you know right. killmonger having these like scars for every person he's killed whereas with like with jachala like you know he didn't want to have to kill him but it's also that that i feel like sometimes you know comics will try to go more um idealist you know it's like oh let's put them in jail so they can answer for their crimes and i feel like we've had discussions like that before where it's like you know you know they're going to get out and kill a bunch more people you know like and the idea that like you know in in the midst of that fight like you know you know that killmonger is not going to stop until like he's the king and he gets to reshape the world he sees the way he sees fit and like the child has to like kill him in that moment you know and i like that it kind of shows that, you know, it is, it's not T'Challa the man, it's T'Challa the, the the king or the superhero, you know, like, it's like, this is what, this is the right thing that has to be done here, you know, and, you know, which I guess brings up a bunch of other, like, ethical conundrums and stuff like that, but it's like, you know, I, I, I kind of do like that they didn't, they didn't shy away from that and try to be like, let's just try to make you be friends with me and we'll be nice. It was just like, no, like he, he died. But then like in that moment, you got to see them kind of reconcile a little bit, you know, because it was like, you know, again, yeah. Like T'Challa didn't kill him because he hates him. It was like, you know, you're, you're trying to fuck up the world, you know? And like, you know, even, yeah, even like you said, even if you're right about the way the world is and what should change, like you're not going about it the right way. And you're, you know, you know, and I feel like that probably plays a big part in, you know, at the end T'Challa deciding to kind of announce themselves to the world and try to be an example for the world, as opposed to kind of staying in hiding, you know, like they had been, um, you know, where it's like, yeah, like, you know, you're right that the the world does need to change and could be a better place, but this is how to go about doing it by setting an example, not being like, here are a bunch of guns, everyone rise up and take over, you know, and, you know, the, you know, and, and I guess the, you know, the idea behind that is like, you know, the you know should the world be ruled by the powerful i.e the ones with weapons or bigger weapons than everyone else or should it be run 
by the people who, you know, have, are, are intelligent and have developed a better way to do things <laughs> that, that benefits more people, you know, and, mm. you know, that, that idea that, yeah, it's not about, it's not about just strength, just brute strength being like, you know, yeah, like you, you have to do what we say because we have guns, you know, and that type of thing. And it's like, even, you know, I guess, yeah, like the idea that like, are, are the guns going to fall into the right hands, the people who should be in charge and should be leading, or is it just the people who are the most angry and they're going to be kind of doing things, you know? And see, it reminds me of like, it it does the, the general Zod Superman thing Hmm. so much better than man of steel did. Like it, it, like in terms of like the idea that one death is important and significant and with it's the great power responsibility thing, but like Mm -hmm. the, the enormity of that choice and making that choice when you don't have any other option. Like I, I, if, if uh, Chadwick had survived, like lived to see a sequel, I would have, I wouldn't have been surprised to have him haunted by Killmonger in some form, you know, like, and that, that was just, it it took the time. It, It wasn't just like a big bad. And then, Superman kills him and you can see he's conflicted about it, but he didn't do any kind of like developing because in the comics, it devastates him. It haunts him. It's like, it, mm-hmm. it's a huge story point across multiple rebirths and stuff that like the killing of another Kryptonian just, and that's why like Superman tries to save everybody. He avoids killing if he can. Yeah. And, not, and like that, it just was a really big reverberating moment. And, it's kind of kind of thrown away in Man of Steel because I mean, lots of things are th- thrown away in <laughs> Zack Snyder's <laughs> stuff. No, it's just like it's an empathetic villain that you understand and you, and you 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 understand that it's hard for T'Challa to make that decision, and it's part of that development of like, okay, this is you can't. It, it's kind of like you can't be the billionaire playboy. It's kind of like an anti-Batman. It's like you're mm. you're the leader of this nation, and you have to make that kind of level determining the future. Like Marvel's Illuminati, kind of like signaling that you know the mm. that part of it. So it's it's a good one, even though I haven't rewatched it. Like a, this is a high up there, like an eight. Like yeah, anytime I'm like wanting to rewatch a one in this it, it's it's up there like it, yeah well especially like you said because it's so self-contained you know yeah. it's not like iron man 3 where it's like oh okay like i mean yes i know the story but how much do i really want to jump in on something in the middle of something that just came from a big event and is not you know it's it's just sort of like yeah you can just watch it as a standalone so i think you know, i think for that alone it's high and yeah i i you know again it's it's nice for me to kind of break out of the the marvel stuff i'm used to and and you know and i, and I try not to make comparisons as far as like this is what i was expecting because this is my favorite character mm-hmm. but like you know there's there's no kind of comparison with with right. black panther i get to just go into it almost completely cold and just be like yeah whatever happens is is great you know sure you know and i also i do try to reserve disappointment for my favorites when something really happens it's just kind of like okay like <laughs> but but yeah no this one you know, drive through <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, you know there gets to be none of that with this and it's just like you know completely new and fresh and yeah and, and it's very it is yeah it is a very mature marvel movie i feel like you know between even even the way like killmonger kills uh uh claw you know 
you know, it's like, even though he's the bad guy, like you don't expect just someone flat out murdering someone in a Marvel movie. So like that, that I think kind of really, really ups the ante with it, you know, and, and you're, yeah, you're actually watching, you know, things play out in a much more realistic scenario. It grounds it more in real reality because of that, you know? Um, and yeah, I think it makes Killmonger a lot scarier too, which I think, you know, that's, that's another thing too, is like, you know, that, that'd be an interesting thing to to maybe do a survey on, like how scary is each Marvel vil- villain, you yeah. know? Um, you know, and, you know, just, just a quick comparison, like, you know, Age of Ultron, like, Based on the previews, I thought Ultron was going to be a super scary villain. Right. You know, the way they were making it, it was, I was expecting a horror movie. And then he ended up almost being more like silly and, you know, childish, which sure, he's very young because he's a new AI and everything. But like, I don't know. I mean, you got, you get, you know, James Spader to play him. Like, you know, I, you know, I thought you were going to play, I mean, you know, it's almost like you took James Spader and said like, okay, we're going to take everything that you're the really good at, which is being this kind of really creepy kind of, you know, like, like to me, Robert California is scarier than, Ultra, you know, like, <laughs> like wrong. that kind of thing. Like, how do, how do you fuck that I'm up? The how do you take, lizard king? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you, t- how do you take James Spader and make him less creepy and scary? You know, like well, and that's the thing. And then they went you know. and did Spider-Man homecoming and then just brought a gun to a knife fight. Like they brought scary adult Michael Keaton to homecoming like that. Yeah. That, that was such a, I, I, yeah, the, the idea of how, how scary is the Marvel villain by film would be, that'd be an interesting that's yeah. an episode to itself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so in this one, I think it, it ups the ante on how scary Killmonger is, you know, because it's not just like, oh, he has killed people, but we don't know. And it kind of puts it off camera. And this kind of brings it like right to life. Like, oh, if he gets a chance, he's going to murder T'Challa, you know, not just like, oh, we're just going to, you know, like you would like to say punch a bit and then we're mates. Like this is, <laughs> this is a battle to the death, you know, like, and I was just thinking about it. This feels more like the sequel to civil war than anything else, you know, mm, like, yeah, there's, a, there's a number of things that come directly from civil war and kind of, it's this kind of touchstone for all these other kind of developments. But like this seems like whatever that genre is kind of morphed, I don't know. Like it, it feels like a a sequel in a weird way. Like it, it feels like it took its attitudes and everything that worked and everything like that character. And then just like, I don't know. It, it's very clean. It's very efficient. It's so what, yeah. what did you rate it as a rewatchability on our scale? Yeah, probably, of one to 10? yeah, probably, probably at least a nine. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are things where like, there are probably other standalone ones that I might, be more likely to watch. Um, although having said that, you know, and, and again, if I were to put things in the category of these are the ones that are my favorite Marvel characters versus these are the ones I know nothing about, it's definitely higher on the list as far as that category, you know, like in terms of like that guardians of the galaxy, we talked about being right. sort of like, you know, one, you know, characters I cared nothing about going into the film, um, you know, Ms. Marvel, like I know a little bit of kind of the later version of her, in the comics, like where she wears like the black tights and the thing, you know, like, cause that was kind of the version of her we got in like civil war. Um, but like, I don't know much about her kind of pre that or post that. So even though I knew a little bit about captain Marvel, like a lot of it was very, 
very dated, I guess, you know, yeah, like either too early or too late, depending on where you're coming from. Like I know the middle about her or like the thing I know most about her is like rogue stole her powers and killed her. And that's why rogue is able to fly and is super strong in the comics, you know, um, which we don't normally see that version of rogue in the movies or the cartoons, but like that was the version of rogue I knew from the comics. And it's like, well, wait, if her powers are to steal other people's powers, why is she super strong and can fly? It's like, oh, she accidentally took all of Captain Marvel's powers and Captain Marvel died. And then at some point she got resurrected. So those are like the touchstones of what I know about Captain Marvel. But like a lot of what went on in the movie was kind of new to me. So that, you know, that kind of falls in that a similar category to like Black Panther. But, um, but yeah, like with Black Panther, it's definitely the, yeah, like I feel like they're, it's innovating and sort of carving its own space in the Marvel universe as opposed to something like, you know, or like, yeah, like with Captain Marvel having to put itself back into the past and be like, oh, this is taking place in the 90s. So this has to fit in to everything else that's happened around it because it's our past. Whereas this got to sort of say, like, we're going to create a future that we want to create, you know, type of thing. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's up there. Yeah, I would say like nine or 10, you know, it's not my first choice, but it's, it's definitely up there, you know? Yeah. And it's another one. that's like one of the most recommendable one. Like, Hey, yeah. if you just, if you watch one of these, right. this is the most self-contained and probably the best pound for pound quality wise. Like, yeah. Without you needing to have any kind of buy-in, you know, like it, right, it's it kind of it's like a bottle episode, and like it's a great kind of yeah self yeah like in that way. You don't have to know that his father died. I mean, they they talk about his father yeah. being dead, but you're like, yeah, sure, I can jump in on any story where someone's dad has died, and he's dealing with that. You know, I don't I don't need an explanation for that. You know, like right. so that's that's kind of just there, and you know, you can you can understand that without having to see Civil War, you know. All right, so next up is Infinity War. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this movie was fucking amazing. Like, I, I came out of that theater so, so impressed. I was like, y'all did it. You actually left a cliffhanger with the snap and just people are gone. And like, it was funny, like in the theater, like uh, I had that kind of elation. And then two seconds after the post credits, Tyna turns to me. So who's really dead? And I, was like, <laughs> I couldn't even let one, I couldn't have one minute. <laughs> we know they're going to do the thing, <laughs> yeah. but let me just appreciate the fact that they didn't have, there was no like post post credits for it. It was just, yeah, and it ends on silence. It, it, I, I, it's got good quips. It's got some of the best Doctor Strange effects because he does a great fight mm-hmm. in it. It's got some cool, weird team up things. Spider Man's in space with the Iron Spider armor. Like you can't beat that. Like it, but like that. This movie is all about the ending and it. The fact that they were like, okay, he Thanos wins. Like, and it's, and that's, Thanos wins is a premise for comics that didn't come until very, very late in the game. Yeah. Like, Infinity Saga, like, the, the, the comics, like, he got it and he would do, but it was all very, like, in space. Like, it seemed very removed. Right. And it, like, and even when he wins, like, in the comics, it seems very, like, removed, uh, high above, like, 
looming. Yeah. And the way they characterized him is like the guy who retires to this cabin in, in, on this quiet planet was just, it, it seemed more personal and intimate and more evil too, because we got his whole, his storyline through kind of the Gamora Nebula relationship and that whole thing. Like it, and just the ending was so bleak and so quiet. And so they just lingered and they said, okay, you have to wait several movies to see the end of this. Cause there's two movies between this and Endgame. There's two yeah. other MCU movies. Yeah, and I and and that's like you were saying, like in the comics, like I feel like in the Infinity Gauntlet comics, which I think was one of the like, there's actually like a, another series that comes before that. Um, I forget what it's called, I think, or maybe it's like Infinity Quest or something. But it's actually yeah. when he's looking for the 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 Infinity Stones or gems, I think they're called in the comics. But like, I think he ends up like at the beginning of the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, I think he has all of them at that point. Yeah. And the story of him kind of collecting them, I thought was way more interesting as opposed to just like, all right, I'm just omnipotent for like six ep- six issues. So yeah, Adam that's part Warlock of it too. tricks him because he want like, you can't possibly see from two perspectives at once. Yeah. And then the, yeah. And the whole thing with uh, what, yeah, like Nebula comes into play. I think she's part of like the thing too. Cause like he like, yeah. you know, just kind of forgets about her. Yeah. So it's just like, and I think that's part of it too, is that like, he's, he's one in issue once so you're like, okay, like we have six or whatever. I think it's six issues to beat him as opposed to he wins at the end of the film. And then you're like, well, what the fuck, what do I do now? You know, like, um, yeah. And I think that's one of the things, like when I've gone back to read infinity gauntlet, it's, it, it is kind of a slog. Cause it's just like him being omnipotent and them trying to do something and, Oh, what a surprise he defeats them, you know, and you know, they have, you know, and that's part of it too. It's like issue four of six, we're going to do this thing. And this is how we're going to beat him. Like, well, no, I know there's two issues left. You're not going to beat him, you know, and like, like that kind of thing where it's like, you know, I feel like if they had put more emphasis in the comics, I mean, that was one of the things I think that made this so engaging and, and so devastating is that like, we've we've known about the infinity stones and been dealing with them for for many movies now and then him finally kind of plowing through and getting them and it's just like oh man and it's like yeah that's part of it too is like okay if you have like one okay there are other ones elsewhere people could potentially beat you and get that one from you or at least keep the others from you but how he's exponentially getting more powerful as he's getting more and more you know, and it's just like, it's making it that much more like inevitable that he's going to win, you know? And, and, you know, how I remember when, when I first saw it too, being like, Oh, I felt almost like cheated that they kind of jump into it where he already has was like the power stone. I think, mm-hmm. I think when it starts, it's like, Oh yeah, he just destroyed the Nova core or whatever right, and has yeah. the power stone. But it's also just kind of like, I almost feel like that would have, like, I guess we didn't need to see that. The implications of that. The implications that he already tore through the entire direct A whole... Yeah. Like and it's space like... Space police. Like, he yeah. just rolled over the space police. No problem. Yeah. And it's like... And he has the power stone, which not necessarily... I mean, you know, depending on your perspective, it may be the, the most powerful because it is deals with power. But it's like, 
you know, he's he's already a fucking bruiser at this point, and now he's just like being able to sort of like out trick Loki, you know, like that part of it where it's kind of like, okay, Loki's the trickster, he's gonna, you know, it's like, nope, like that that's not gonna work on me, you're done, you know. And then like already, you know, I think that maybe that's part of it too, is like if we had in addition to just timing, if we had started the film with him going after the Nova Corps, like how much time would we have had to spend on that battle as opposed to just being like, oh shit, like we're already at this point, you know? And then boom, he has two, you know, within the first, what, half hour of the film, he's got two of six, you know? And he, I mean, he's such a well-teased villain. We've been waiting for the Thanos shoot a drop since the end of Avengers 1. Right. Like, he was been teased that long. So, like, for him to roll up and the first thing you see is, I got this one. (laughs) And then, hey, Loki, snap. Like, there's two snaps. The first one's really gnarly. And then, like, I love the characterization of uh, Hulk and Banner in this. Because it scares the shit out of the Hulk. Like, just being there with that. And, like, just the way he responds and, and just slams the hulk like it, it it's it's a different caliber in the way that the chitar they weren't ready for the chitari this is so much it it was an a, a appropriately tiered villain like mm-hmm. this this is like i don't know like it's it set that tone and then like it, it just maintains that tone the whole movie like it's just this dude is not to be stopped he will not stop and he wins yeah it's his movie. It's his, like, yeah, I, I, I love to, I mean, it's, it's nice that the whole thing with the Hulk, like he has the power stone at that point. So there is the part of you that's like, okay, if it was regular Thanos going up against Hulk, maybe he would still win, but having that extra edge, you know, I feel like it's, it's, it's more understandable that it's like, okay, like Hulk as a person could still be strongest. There is, as opposed to when you're coming up against, you know, an infinity stone or whatever. But like, um, yeah, I, I also thought that was like a really cool way to be like, okay, this is how, <laughs> this is how the message gets to earth is like, you know, Hulk <laughs> getting sent there and blasting in. And then it's like coming, you know, crashing into, Oh, Dr. Strange and Tony Stark and like kind of starting to bring in all these random pieces, you know, it's another one that felt, it felt like a comic, like a, a, a yeah. culmination, like, a bunch of teams like it felt very comic book-esque this one in a way that i don't like ultron didn't you mm. know in like it this seemed like okay everybody's kind of on these different wavelengths and they're around the world and people are de- dealing with different things and then they kind of are happening into each other and like oh these are the people closest to it to respond and then they get warped out of into space and then they meet up with the guardians and stuff like I, I don't know. I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I like the the you know the idea of Avengers being plural. It wasn't like one team of many Avengers in it. It was many Avengers teams. You know, like yeah, yeah spread out all over the place. And you know, and and it, I mean, it was it was brilliant too in terms of filmmaking because you know it made it wasn't like all of the Avengers were united in Infinity War trying to fight Thanos together. I mean, we get different combinations and different amounts but they don't really come united as one front until the end of Endgame, you know? So it was a way of them all doing their part and kind of working together in these little teams, you know, like, you know, different little teams associated to each stone, 
you know, and then, you know, but, but they're still splintered, you know, they're still fragmented, you know, and, um, you know, it, it's not until they all get to come together that they can finally beat, you know, Thanos and his army, you know, and, which, which that was good too. That's one of those things you wonder, cause it's like, well, Thanos is still just one person, you know? So it's like, if you're fighting him, if he's, you know, essentially omnipotent with the gauntlet, like, how do you stop him no matter how many of you there are? But then it's like, if he doesn't have the gauntlet, like, and you have all these Avengers and just one guy, it's kind of overkill. So it's great that they brought in this whole army that he had, you know, this armada, you know, and it's like, okay, that's why we need all of the Avengers. And, you know, it was great because it worked on two levels. We've got basically these two armies battling, but then you have, you know, different Avengers taking turns going after Thanos individually with all of their, oh, that's Endgame. We shouldn't talk about that yet. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So the good part about this, that they're still splintered. There are little teams coming together. You know, we get Avengers, you know, multiple Avengers teams with multiple Avengers, you know, on them. Um you know, so yeah, I thought that was great. And yeah, how a lot of them are very awkward combinations of people, <laughs> you know, you're not seeing, it's not like you had the Avengers here and then you had the guardians of the galaxy here. And then you had like, you know, Dr. Strange and black Panther and basically everyone else who's, you know, the odd people out, let's throw them in, into a team. You know, it was a weird mix of, yeah, like, you know, you've got, you know, Cap and T'Challa and all of those people in Wakanda, and you've got Tony Stark and, you know, probably our farthest ends of the spectrum, Tony Stark and, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, having to work together. And then with Guardians, right? Guardians. Yeah. Like, and then you get the punch up and then their mates, like that, that, yeah. like, you get all those little setups in it too, which is, is, it, like it said, it felt like a comic book, like a soup, like giant sized Avengers. Avengers meet Thanos. Like yeah. there was, yeah. It it's heavier and long, so I don't like like in terms of rewatchability. Like I I like I, this is maybe my favorite, like mm. top ten at least or five at least. I think. Yeah. Like so, it's one that I enjoy the most. But I it it is a commitment of time and it right. like, a lot because it's like this culmination of this bigger story too. It feels like you kind of jump in and it doesn't it doesn't catch you up it's just kind of in the middle um, right so it, it's not kind of accessible in the same way as like i mean even black panther just complete opposite ends of like accessibility of the story so i i, I don't know like i i rate this 10 out of 10 but rewatchability wise i think it's lower um mm. probably i don't know seven Probably a seven. It's just not a casual watch. Like that, right. like Well, like you said, it's a commitment for time, but also emotionally. It's a yeah. you you know, you need the time to recover after watching this. You can't just be like, all right, gonna go about my day, like nothing happened. Well, that's the thing. Like, do you watch this and then end game right after? I feel like that's yeah. the only way I would do it. Like this- well, so I was thinking, yeah, you have to at least have a plan. Like, yeah. am I gonna watch, you know, Infinity War tonight and then, you know, yeah, end game tomorrow at some point, you know. Um, I mean the mistake of doing that where I'm like, I'm gonna start watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then I watched the first one, <laughs> but it's like then just stuff happened and I never got to finish the trilogy because I just got busy. It's like, okay, you gotta you gotta plan when this is gonna fit into your schedule and you know. Did I tell you that like I, I now have a preferred or like I do I'll do the standard cut for fellowship and return of the king but I'll watch the extended cut for two towers. 
because I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, a, I, I, in an ideal world, I would still like to watch all the extended of all three, you know. Um, it's just so long. And I it feel is, like... but yeah, it's, you know, that's, that's the thing is like, you know, is it, is it realistic? And, but yeah, I would like, I would still like to, but. <laughs> I definitely, like whenever I watch the extended now, at least Fellowship, I'm I'm so taken out of it because I'm looking at what was cut and what's not. Like the whole time, oh, yeah. I'm just like, well, that's not in the theatrical. <laughs> that's in the theatrical, but only to hear. Like that's a whole commentary because I've seen them so many times. Like mm-hmm. my brain is just like, okay, it's on. I can go and do stuff. But like if I'm watching it actively, I'm just distracted by yeah. the different edits. <laughs> See, see, part of what makes it tough too with with Lord of the Rings is like if I was gonna like, you know, years ago back when I was still living in Rhode Island, it's probably it's something I would do like at my mom's house, like me and my mom and maybe some of my sisters would do it like around Christmas time, you know, and maybe like you know do one movie a day or something like that, you know. But then now it's like if I go back to visit, it's like if I'm trying to visit everyone I know from Rhode Island in one or two weeks, or I really want to spend, you know. 10, 11, 20 hours watching, you know, these movies. So it's kind of like not realistic. And then here, like, you know, Krista doesn't, I mean, I think parts of it she would like, but it does, it does get pretty dark and scary at certain times. I don't think she would like it. So, you know, it's not like something we can watch together and be like, oh yeah, let's watch Lord of the Rings. You know, that wouldn't be like a fun kind of thing for her to do. So if I was going to do it, it'd probably have to be by myself. And then it's just like, yeah, like I don't have the time. I can't justify spending that much time watching a movie by myself, Um, which is why sadly I'll probably never get to watch all the Marvel movies in a row unless I space it out where it's like, one a week or every other week or something like that or it's the only thing i'm watching or something like that you know it's like but when they do those things where oh we're gonna run all the marvel movies in the theater it's like i don't i don't have that kind of time to just go <laughs> to movies and watch every single marvel movie in a row anymore um i would do but, that in a heartbeat I, yeah i, I mean i i would love to I, I would want to but um but yeah, so so the, yeah the soul if, is willing but the flesh is weak right yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the flesh is weak and the wallet is weak. I guess guess if I like, you know, eventually got to a point where it's like, oh, I'm making enough money where I can take a week off to watch all these movies, then, then sure. And I mean, I guess technically I could now because I'm not really working, but it's more like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to hustle to get gigs to make money. So it's like, you know, if I just sat down and watched movies for three days in a row, I'd be like, oh, you, this is how much money you could potentially have made, you know? And, but, um, anyway, but yeah, I guess at least with these, you know, the, the, the point to make sense of all that is that at least with these, it is just those two. And, you know, it is kind of like, you know, yeah, like I probably wouldn't watch all of the the Marvel stuff, but if I was going to watch just those two, I would need to make it somewhat of an event, you know? Um, and actually now that I think of it, well, there was, there was one year where Krista went on a road trip with her brother and sister to go to her dad's for Thanksgiving And for some reason I couldn't, I don't know if I was working, like if they were leaving on like Tuesday or Wednesday, but I was working and I only had Thursday and Friday off or something like that, or if they were going to stay longer. Um, But I ended up staying here while she went. And so I had Thanksgiving by myself and I was like, oh man, I could do whatever I want. And I got like frozen pizzas and I watched the Matrix trilogy on Thanksgiving while eating frozen pizzas. So like, that's something where I could (laughs) see if it was something like that, like 
okay, if I had a whole day where it's like I'm by myself, it's a holiday, so I don't feel like, oh, I should be working. I should be taking this time to do some networking, blah, blah, blah. No, it's a holiday. I can take the day off. I could sit here and watch like, you know, uh, Infinity War and Endgame either back to back or like one on Thanksgiving, one on Good on Black Friday, you know, something like that. That would have to be the situation for that. It has to be an event. Tim, I want that version of your action figure. I want <laughs> Matrix movie marathon Tim <laughs> with like frozen pizza action. You're just in your boxers. You've got your little your tattoo. <laughs> yep, no <laughs> shirt on. You've got one pizza that's frozen, one that is like gooey and missing a piece, and then just a, a box sat in the corner. Yep. <laughs> and then it's Thanksgiving. Yep. It's amazing. Uh, I aspire. I aspire I was, to that. See, I was, I, I'm I, I, was, I was thankful for that. <laughs> that's what I was thankful for that year. I'll, I usually throw on like the uh, history of the Eagles <laughs> documentary, <laughs> which is just as long. <laughs> if, oh, God. It's almost longer than one of the <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah, that's too much. Or you can watch what is it, The Irishman? Is that that thing where oh, it's like God. five hours long or something like that? Oh. <laughs> Marty missed the mark with that one with me. <laughs> Did I watch it? Yes. Have I watched it twice? Yes. Did I like it? I don't know. It's nice to have those accents in the background of things. That's what I'll say of it. It was an experience. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Infinity War, it's like a conditional nine, right? Okay. Don't in terms of happy. the quality Don't watch it if you're sad <laughs> right no but like it depends on this the situation you know not in turn with other of them i feel like it has more i mean i don't know i mean i guess maybe that's those it's those same conditions with the other films no not necessarily because like yeah i feel like with the, one of the ones that i've rated lower it's because like yeah i can live my life without seeing this film ever again you know that's fine right. whereas with this it's like i want to see it again but the reality of being able to watch it again you know, is what, what kind of affects it. But, but the, the, the film itself, you know, like the, the rating shouldn't be made to suffer just because, you know, my life is not in such a way where I can sit down and be like, Oh, I'm going to watch these two, three hour movies back to back. Cause I want to, you know, whenever I feel like it, it's like, no, I have to like really schedule it, you know? <laughs> yeah. The conditional nine. I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> You know that flimsy rating system we've been clinging to? Yeah. I'll recontextualize it. Right. <laughs> well, basically, like, I guess part of what I'm saying is, like... No, I, I'm, I'm talking yeah. about me, not you. I'm... No. I'm... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's on the same level. Like, if I was going to watch a Marvel movie... Like, I would consider all my nines and tens. Like, which one do I want to watch? Yeah. And that would probably come up first, but then it would be like, ah, I can't watch this, you know? Right. Not, I don't want to watch like, that. I'm not okay. in the mood for it, you know. Whereas, like, thing, like you could watch Civil War that gives mm-hmm. a little bit of that kind right. of like same kind of tone, same kind of pacing, yeah. but less stakes, less emotion, like emotional, but like right. in a fun way, like in a yeah. hey, your dad's dead. Now you're fighting a dude with one arm who killed this other guy's dad, but it's fun. <laughs> There's yeah. Spider-Man, <laughs> right? I remember yeah. Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that one is very, very low stakes in terms of how it affects 
your life after that, <laughs> you know, like, yep. you know, and, and yeah. And just like I said, the fact that it's like, are you ever going to watch just infinity war and then be like, okay, that's it. You know, with yep. no plans to watch Endgame. you know? So I feel like that part of it, you know, and it, again, it's not a reflection of the film. It's a reflection of like, yes, this is like more so part of a, a bigger story, you know, like, for example, like, you can't watch Matrix 2 and then be like, okay, I'm done. I mean, maybe you could. <laughs> but like, no. you know, it's like, okay, if you're going to, you We've can watch the first it. one. Yeah. I can't. The problem right. is I can't. <laughs> right. But I mean, you can watch the first one and walk away from it. Yes. You know, <laughs> if you watch the second one, it's like, you've got to have plans to watch the third one. Yeah. Same thing here. Like you could watch the first Avengers and it's, it's the, you know, part one of four, right? If we think of there are four Avengers films, but it doesn't mean it's like, okay, well now I have to w- go on to the second one. Cause I don't know what happens, you know, right. or, or I need to have like that emotional, like, you know, resolution. Whereas with this one, like, yeah, you have to go on to Endgame. Like you have to be able to, to watch that soon, you know, or it's like, no, I can't, I can't be hurt again. And by that same token, you know, when we get to Endgame, I feel like it's going to have a similar type of rating, but like kind of the opposite. Like, are you ever going to watch Endgame without watching uh, Infinity War first? You know, so again, it's not a reflection of the film itself. It's the fact that both of them work together in that that sense. Um, for example, I feel like you could watch Back to the Future 1, but if you watch Back to the Future 2, you might have to watch Back to the Future 3 soon after because it kind of ends with so much more of a cliffhanger. I mean, I know technically the first one has a cliffhanger that leads into the second, right. but I feel like we're so used to waiting so long that we just are able to watch the first one and go, yep, it goes on to this thing. Right. Um, and there, maybe because there isn't so much peril at the end of the first one, whereas like the right. peril at the end, you know, he's, oh my God, Doc gets killed in the old West. I have to save him. There's more urgency to that one. Um, you know that. So, so like those type of things, like, I feel like it, it's not a reflection of the film itself. It's the fact that you've got to think more big, bigger picture about it. Um, yeah. The thing, I'm also thinking about, this is why I want to watch back to the future with Zeke so much. Cause like, like this, this level of minutia about it. Cause like, it is a very different day if you set out to watch all three of the Back to Future movies. Like, mm-hmm. you're just in a different headspace. It's a different animal. You right. throw in Back to the Future, that's probably... You are safe in any sports bar in America. <laughs> you throw right. on... You know, like, any time that usually... Like, it, 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 it's inoffensive enough and people like it enough and it's ubiquitous enough. You could watch that just casually most people are familiar with it and or at least tolerate it you know mm-hmm. like people have opinions about the trilogy and right. it is a different dynamic because it changes so wildly <laughs> it, it 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 yeah it that's i i want to have a po- a podcast long discussion about that like right. <laughs> uh, incredible trilogy <laughs> We are now on to Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay. It's good. I'm trying to remember. I don't, I I just realized I don't remember it as well. This one has Ghost as the villain. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I liked the first one better, but this one's not bad. It's just okay. Like, it's just good. It's not great. Like, it just, because they go into the quantum realm and they find old Ant-Man's wife right wasp's yeah. mom 
Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the one too, where they're dealing, I mean, it's post civil war, right? So the whole yeah. thing is like, he's, is he on house arrest at that point? And then like, yeah. And like hope and, and Hank are on the run because of that. And all that. So it's like, yeah, it's very, you know, like, yeah. Like, I mean, like a lot of stuff, there's a big jump between Ant-Man one and Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know? I mean, I think it's, it's great to see the two of them. Like it is one of those things where, yeah, I don't know how, how successful the Ant-Man movies would have been if it would have just been Ant-Man solo film, right. like after Ant-Man solo film. Like I think, it it needed to add hope, you know, the, the wasp into that, which I feel like was, was done really well. Like that's probably my favorite thing about that is that, you know, there's um, there was the two of them and it's kind of their growing relationship, but how much it was like messed up because of civil war and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know um, I like that we, you know, we get the wasp teased in the first one, but we get the payoff in the second one, you know, right. we're not kind of waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, um, so like that's like rescue in fucking um oh yeah where does does she show up as rescue just in the in in, i think in in the third one she's wearing his armor at one point like when the their house is getting blown so it kind of gives that sense of like oh look you know we're teasing you know yeah and yeah i think yeah it's not till endgame where she shows up in her own suit of armor (laughs) yeah so it's like come on man um yeah, but, like they teased yeah. and they paid off the tease really well in a way that, like, I mean, we're still waiting for uh, arm rewards, right? Like, we do see Rhodey as Iron Patriot or, or War Machine, you know, but not in the same way where it's like next time. Because that was such a big yeah. deal, like, when when it, it was, uh, is it Cuba? Cuba was it before? Uh, no, it was uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, that's right. Yeah. Like, when he... he comes across right. the suit and is like next time like we yeah. don't really get that in the, in in the well, way we, we do i mean we do get it in the second one so i guess yeah, that, yeah we but, do get the payoff yeah like without I mean, I guess, to wait till yeah. you know. they do the punch up and their mates it's a, a different thing but like yeah. this this was a more satisfying like this was a bigger part of the the narrative of the story was that like wasp is a mm-hmm. collaborator and a partner and like smarter and more capable and designed for this shit rather than just somebody who stole the suit you know yeah it's a good dynamic i think they have good chemistry i think ghost is an interesting villain i just i think what i was missing about it was just i liked the humor of the previous one in terms of like the big little thing like the little Hmm. things big as like the the uh toy train right just like the the a heightened sense of tension because things were small. And I think you just went too microscopic. Like we didn't get honey. I shrunk the kids too. Like we went straight to three and like subatomic, mm. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it, it's, that's a long time I, since Ant-Man one, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah it, it, it did a lot. And I mean, I, I don't, I'm not even saying it did too much, and it did all of those things poorly. It was just a lot, you know, yeah. like adding hope, finding Janet, you know, yeah, going to the quantum realm. Like there was just like so many different things that that had to be introduced in this Ant-Man universe because of all the quantum stuff, which was going to allow for time travel, you know, that whole thing. And um, yeah, and I think I think like Ghost was like kind of cool as a villain, but like I feel like maybe not villainous enough. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the villains who aren't really villains you know but Mm -hmm. yeah it just it made it seem like a little more 
more bland, you know, like we, you know, again, if we talk about the whole, like, how scary is this villain? Like ghost, I feel like is very low because, you know, even though like her powers were kind of, from what I remember, I, again, I I remember she could like pass through stuff and she couldn't control it. And that was part of it. Phased. Yeah. And then, so the, and I feel like because she wasn't an evil person, it was more like her circumstances. They had to add, you know, well, first of all, we had like, wasn't, um, giant man, right. Or, uh, well, it ended up being that that uh, what's his face, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, wasn't he yeah. kind of like a villain too? Because, but but also again, like this kind of gray area villain. But then they had this other random person. Wasn't there some other guy who was like, oh trying to yeah, get yeah. It's, so again, uh, he's like forgettable. Like it's like some thug kind of guy. Yeah, but he's to work into it. It's uh, the guy from uh, uh, Hateful Eight, Marshall Marquis, That guy. <laughs> My daddy, the the uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, that guy, the guy with the big teeth. Yeah, the, like yeah. who's uh, uh, evil Western villain number three in like all of the movies. Yeah, he was in the. <laughs> I think he was in the Shield too. I think right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so Wall- it's like Walt Walling Walter Wally Goggins. I think is his name. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was actually in a movie I just watched the other day too. He had a, a part, but I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those guys, like, I recognize him from a bunch of stuff, but I don't know his name. Abraham um, Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> that guy. Oh, he was also in Django Unchained, too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the... <laughs> he, he calls him <Yeah>. Moonlight. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I feel like, yeah, that was part of it, was like, we kind of had three villains of varying degrees. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, we didn't have... You know, and and I guess that's part of it. You don't maybe you don't have to be afraid of the villain, you know. But I mean, we all know the was... true villain of the Ant Man franchise. It's Hank Pym. Pym right. is the villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm glad that they don't do the whole wife beater thing in the cinematic universe. I feel like that's a smart thing. It's like, how do we redeem Hank Pym? Like, oh, we have an alternate universe where he doesn't beat his wife, and then we're like, okay, I'm cool with Hank Pym. Like, that's fine. Well, is it part of the the plot of this one that he's just too much of an asshole? Like, he refuses to talk to Stark because he fell out with his dad. Uh, I forget again. Like most of the <laughs> like. Yeah, he's so trying to do a lot, so it, it's given kind of making Hank more of a like a, a firm, like more of a mentorish. I don't know. It, it's a strange because he's also regretful about his wife still, and that was the plot of the last. Yeah, it, it is doing a lot. Yeah. I, I remember I mean, fondly. I didn't dislike it; like it was entertaining. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and, th- and that's part. Of, like, like going back to watch it again. It's not like I'm like, oh, I don't want to see that again. But I'm not. It's not one that I think of because, like I said, I, yeah, I've just forgotten so much of it. I mean, I love the part when he has the giant man suit and it's like, against the building and it just like collapses. Yeah. And like, like there, there are a lot of really funny moments, and I feel like they got to because I think in the in the first Ant Man they didn't deal with giant man at all, right? No. That first happens in in civil, civil war. war yeah so i do like that they kind of up the ante that way <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> but like you know going no, from wait, just let's, like, let's sit know. in that one for a second <laughs> <laughs> that was intentional <laughs> <laughs> that bullet was meant for us <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> but, but yeah so like that way i feel like they they did continue to you know it was a way of of elaborating on you know, Scott's character while still bringing hope into it and kind of building her character as well. Like, you know, it gave a, you know, somewhere for him to go. Um, 
it's it's tough. Like I want to I want to say it's better than I'm coming across, but it's just yeah, it's 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 tough. I think you know, and maybe part of it has to do too with like you know, Ant Man's not one of my favorite characters to begin with. Um, I mean, I knew the main thing I knew about Scott Lang from the comics is he dated Jessica Jones for a while. Like that was like the main thing I knew him. Like I knew he had taken over as Ant-Man for a while, but like that was a big subplot in the alias comic books. Um, So like that, that's kind of what I knew. And it's like, oh, here's an Ant-Man who isn't a wife beater. Okay. That's the other way you kind of, you utilize the Ant-Man characters having someone else, but Hank Pym do it. So, okay, cool. Um, But like, yeah, like I never really cared much about that character to begin with you know, who would, whoever was in the suit. So I don't know if that's part of it. I mean, you know, you know, me, I love Paul Rudd, you know, right. and I thought he's great in it. Like everyone's great in it. You know, the, um, uh, what's his face when, when he does his whole thing. Pena, yeah. Like, and you know, it's like, Oh, and my hair, look at my haircut. I'm serious. And like, you know, how she has to act out his story in those scenes. Yeah. Like, like all of that's brilliant. Like, that's the thing. It's so hard to just pinpoint like, why isn't this a great movie? Like it should be by all accounts, maybe. Um, but I don't know. Also, I don't... Like, I feel like a lot of it was like, okay, we didn't see Ant-Man in infinity war. Oh, this is a flashback. Oh, he's been in this van, this subatomic van the whole time. So a lot of it seemed like, let's do a lot of stuff, but also, Hey, he's not going to have any impact on infinity war. So it was just like, Oh, they're gonna have all these characters come together except this one, and we have a whole movie yeah. that leads us to why he can't. I think that was also part of it for me, where it was just like I don't know, it got really cataclysmically big in terms of implications, and then we got yeah. infinitesimally small and weird and strange. Yeah, I think I would be having the same re- reaction if it was a Doctor Strange movie in this slot, like right after, right. you know. And then again, another character that I'm not as up on. I like I read no Ant Man comics. I only know about the wife beating from right. knowing about comics and talking to you. Like so, it, right. it's yeah, weird one. I, I this is I mean rewatchable. Like it's watchable. Four or five, five yeah. generous. Like it like middle of the road. I think you could kind of watch it. I mean, I feel like you'd watch this right after Ant Man one. That would be. Yeah, I I wouldn't rewatch it for any real implications. Uh, like I don't I don't even know that in a rewatch I would watch it right after Infinity War, ever. Like it would have to come yeah. like a specific. Like yeah. I'm only watching the bug themed hero yeah. movies or something. You know? Yeah, or I would do like Ant Man one Civil War and then this. Oh yeah, you know to get that because I feel like you know he does play a big part in that and that is a big turning point in his character. You know, and you could have that that little trilogy kind of, and then maybe after that you would watch Endgame because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, if we're just following him, we see he's stuck in the van. And then, oh, in Endgame, we see how he comes out of the van, you know? So th- that's something I thought about doing at one point is following a certain character, like through yeah. and only watching the stuff they're in. So that would be that would be a nice little compact one to do it, you know? And, and what's nice is, you, yeah, you would get Ant-Man standalone, but then you'd have Civil War. So you'd get this yeah. like, oh, here comes everybody else. And then back to like Ant-Man and Wasp standalone, but then you get to jump to the end game after that, you know, and like, okay, here's how everyone comes into this, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, and I think, I mean, I think the architecture of where it fits in, like it is, it is weird, like you say, to go from Infinity War to this, but it's also like, 
you know, the, the interaction he's had with the rest of the Avengers, like I can see why he's not playing more of a role in infinity war, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, cause he's dealing with his own shit, you know, and you know, the infinity war, I mean, I'm assuming that whole movie takes place within like a day or two, you know, maybe like, I don't think it's over the course of like a month. I mean, maybe it's shorter, you know, um, maybe parts of it take longer. Um, but I mean, it seems that a lot of it seems to happen kind of back to back. I mean, he shows up on the, you know, the Asgardian ship, you know, Heimdall sends Hulk to earth and then boom, that's kind of what starts it. And then I'm assuming, you know, yeah, soon after that, we get the conversation, you know, and then it's, it starts happening. So, I mean, maybe it's over a few days, but I can see where, you know, yeah, if you weren't at the parts of the globe or in space where this was happening, that Ant-Man can kind of have been busy doing his own thing, but to set him up to be such an important part of the resolution of that, you know, and, and I guess that's part of it. Yeah. We needed to find a way to get him locked in that van for five years. <laughs> you know, That was the whole, you know, well, and he's such a, like, I mean, we're, we've talked about Endgame before, but it's just like at him as the POV for Endgame for mm. some of it, right? Like to follow him and kind of the heartbreak and kind of, he, he establishes the stakes and the stakes that remain, right? Like that, that whole movie. And I mean, we let, let, we should talk about Captain Marvel before we get right. so on, on the scale rewatchability. I, I think mine's yeah. five for sure. Mine's probably five too. It makes me, it almost makes me want to watch it again to be like, yeah, can I watch it? And then is it like, okay, I never have to watch this one again or, Oh, it was actually better than I remember. You know, I feel like that's part of it too, is like, I ha- I think I've only seen it the once. So it- it's hard to judge, you know, past that first. Yeah. Like I feel like after at, the second viewing of a film probably really defines like how much you like it and you know, how much you, you would want to see it again and enjoy it versus like, yeah, I've learned everything I need to learn from this thing. I can put it on the shelf, you know? See, I'm now remembering like a big plot point was he, he turned the skyscraper into a roller bag. Like that was another, it just ran. <laughs> and it's like, our, these are all things that I remembered really clearly about this movie, but I remember nothing about its quality <laughs> so it's like i i also need to rewatch it to have a, a better yeah. sense of what what that was <laughs> yeah. so tbd <laughs> for the rewatchability captain marvel it's good solid yeah. i i really enjoyed brie larson and sam jackson that was a fucking just outstanding team up i didn't know i needed yeah I like, like seeing like, a softer Nick Fury too. Yeah, and you it know, was like that, that's fun. There's some depth to it too. Like there's laughs and a lot. Like they kind of Scooby Doo through things, but like mm-hmm. you kind of get like a, a an authentic performance from from. Sometimes Samuel just will come in and yell and leave. Like and, and that's what we want from him. You know, that's what we love about him. But like I don't know this. It was a younger, softer, not as jaded, not as. Yeah. untrusting and just kind of in over his head and just i don't know it it was really cool <laughs> that's what i i remember that and kind of like it's vaguely top gun e in tone a little mm. bit but that's just an aesthetic cuz she's a fighter pilot like yeah i do like that 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 that's a lot of like what gets worked into a lot of Marvel stuff is like who the characters are as people, you know, like a big part of Ant-Man is that Scott is a burglar, 
you know, yeah. like in a big part of this is that she, yeah, she's a fighter pilot. You know, it's not just like, you know, we don't care who she is beforehand. We just want to care about the superhero, you know, that it, you know, that that does come into play. Um, and that, yeah, I think it, it adds more depth and, you know, it also, I mean, aside from just setting up, you know, the later events, but, um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, I like, I like the whole, like, that takes place in the nineties in general, you know, like yeah. that part was very, you know, obviously the blockbuster aspect of it was really fun. And, yeah. The you know, rats yeah. reference to like, yeah, have you seen that too, right? Like that's the, the screenplay that he's reading as he's right, on yeah. the bus or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, like it's, it, you know, and it's, it's, it's very, yeah. A lot of it is very fun. Like the whole thing of her fighting the scroll as an old lady, you know, is like, yeah. you know, something we don't, I mean, I, I feel like I've seen that in like horror films before where it's like, Oh, you think it's a sweet old lady, but it's like a demon, you know? So like, it's not new, but it's still rare. You don't see that that often. So like that, that fight was really fun to watch, you know? Um, it it's kind of fun. Like the shield at that time or like the CIA was almost, <laughs> It almost seemed like a uh, uh, Twilight Zony, like stuck in the sixties, like Men in Black. So yeah. that aesthetic with outside, it's the nineties, but inside, it's like the sixties spy with the file cabinets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of a Roswell aspect to it too, which is interesting. This is another one I haven't rewatched in a long time. I need to go back because, like, I, now that I've, I was worried, like, I solid, I remember liking it, but would. It, I'm remembering more details about it than Ant-Man 2. <laughs> like, yeah. It's also weird, too, because I, I remember, like, one of the big, well, I mean, twists, like, if you're a Marvel fan, like, that the scrolls aren't just, like, evil, you know, or at least... Yeah. See, but that's what I'm wondering now with the whole, like, they're doing secret invasion. I, I'm wondering... Was this all a ruse about, oh, for us, we're immigrants that are kind of lost and we have nowhere to go. You know, are they then just going to, like, turn on... Nick, you know, because Nick Fury seems to be like so invested in helping them, you know, like, or is the invasion aspect of it where has Nick Fury has Nick Fury been helping them to kind of infiltrate, not in a, a insidious way, but just to, for them to be able to live on Earth as other humans? Like, you know, is that part of it? Or, you know, are they have they been sleeper agents this whole time? Like, so that brings a whole thing into question. But like, yeah, the whole thing with the scrolls that, you know, if you know the comics, it's like, oh, yeah, they're the ones who are like their religion tells them that our planet is like their promised land that they've been, you know, that they're entitled to. And that's their whole thing is like, this is our planet. Our God tells us that this is our planet, not yours, you know, which first of all, like, I mean, I feel like you could have played with that so much and just been like, Oh really? You think these people coming onto our planet saying, our God said, this is our land. So we get to take it. You don't like that. You think that's a bad (laughs) idea. Like, you know, and, and kind of, but, but, but then like kind of, you know, they, they went the other direction where it's like, yeah, they're, 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 you know, um, refugees from, from this war, you know, and they're, they're just people who need a place to live, you know? So it's kind of like, it was such a cool twist, you know, into, cause I feel like in the comics too, I feel like the, um, the Cree are also kind of dicks from yeah. what I remember. I don't have as much experience with reading about the Cree as I do with the scrolls, but and hear how they just went like kind of full on, like, nope, the Cree are the bad guys, you know? I mean, especially cause we start off with, you know, her, you know, on the team of the Cree, you know? So you're like, Oh, you know, we know she's a hero, you know? So I thought that was like really cool the way they kind of flip that. And they do that as a way of kind of defining, you know, whereas, yeah, I feel like a lot in the comics, there isn't a sense of 
who's right and who's wrong. I mean, again, I think the scrolls in the comics are a bigger threat because they want earth specifically, right. but I don't know that the Cree are also going after earth as well. You know, uh, you I know, think Cree is just about like intergalactic domination. Like they, they want to conquer every place. Like, yeah. I think that's the main distinction. Like, and, and I didn't know that about like the, the religious promised land aspect to it. That's, that's a cool detail. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, especially from the movie because it doesn't like that's not a part of it at all. Yeah, yeah we got Ben Mendel Mendelssohn as as one of the, <laughs> the mm-hmm. scrolls, which is great. And it, it like what I I think at the time I had read like Meet the Scrolls, which was like a oh yeah uh like four issue mini run where it was about a like family of scrolls refugees. Well, not even refugees, just like kind of like the Americans, that Soviet spy show. Right. Like they're sleeper agents in kind of like Happy Days America and like dealing with stuff. And it's great. It's like really cool. And it reminded me of like they did the uh, Vision comic at very same, the same oh, time. Right. Like yeah. he built a family. So any time that there's like a sleeper agent or like somebody who's trying to live in a dim- – I mean that's WandaVision did that too like yeah going going into like this uh, uh suburb suburban space to explore alien nature in relation to human nature is really fascinating so like that it was cool to to not know many, much about scrolls but have such an interesting idea for them mm. as kind of this these refugees and and also like the idea that like these are some scrolls. We don't know all of the scrolls. Right. Super scroll, and there's all of this other mythology that are in and comic book storylines that could come in later. So that that was it was cool because like the whole time I'm really leery about and the movie does it too. Like they kind of push you towards <laughs> scrolls are scary, scrolls are bad, and then right. you discover that and yeah, it's a good kind of twist at the end. Like cat's good. The the not a cat gags. Yeah. <laughs> I love that too because like yeah the whole like thing with like Nick Fury and his eye like you know yep. it's you you know because I think in the I think in like the Ultimate comics I think they they tease or maybe even come out and say that like it's Wolverine that did it you know because I think he has like three scratches across his eye you know and I think they kind of put the scar there but like yeah yep. like it's kind of like you know again you could have this fan theory like oh maybe it's old you know it's the Wolverine from the Marvel Universe did it you know and it's like oh no it's a cat okay no, never mind <laughs> and, <laughs> and that tease is like the last time I trust somebody I lost an eye <laughs> like I love that they, they slept on that and called back so late that's, that's great <laughs> Oh, and actually, that reminds me of the mention of Wolverine. I was watching, uh, there's a Avengers cartoon on Disney Plus where um, there's a few of them. I think there's one called Avengers Assemble. And this was just Avengers. I think it's from like 2010 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they, they do a flashback episode to World War II, like with Captain America. And like we've we've seen Nick Fury already. And I think he's like, as part of the Howling Commandos, there's like Jack Fury, who's supposed to be his dad, who's working. And at one point, and he's like, "Oh, Howling, we need that those communications up and running. Are you done yet?" He's like, "Not yet, not done yet, bub," or something like that. I'm like, "Oh, that was like a fun thing to like. Yeah, we're just gonna throw Wolverine in, you know? Because like I think in the comics, like in the the Wolverine lore, like he fought in World War II because yeah. he's that old, you know. So it's kind of neat that they just threw that in there, and it sounded like the same voice actor who did Wolverine from like Wolverine and the X Men, which was from the year before. So I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. I wonder if they're going to bring that back later, or if it's just like a one off thing. But it's like, yeah, why not? Why not throw Wolverine there, you know, while you're at it? Well, that's the thing. Like, 
one of the few things that was interesting about well, and it's <laughs> people have opinions on Wolverine Origins. It's garbage. Like, <laughs> I, I will just I'll go out on a limb and say that. But like I thought, people I don't know people didn't like the fact that they showed him kind of him and Sabretooth coming up through the different wars and stuff. But oh, I just, the, like, the the movie origin. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I thought you meant the comic book. No, 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 no. <laughs> X Men Origins Wolverine. Got the it. film. Got it. <laughs> it's what I'm. So like I I. I liked that sequence where it kind of showed him kind of going from the, through the different wars and stuff. I thought just yeah. that was a, when you're immortal and can take that, like I I could see him like using that as a way of punishing himself. And also like, I don't know, like testing himself and seeing if yeah. anything can kill him. It just like, it, it seemed yeah. like something Wolverine not, not dying would do, you know? Like, yeah. Also a way to direct all that rage that he has, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, there's a war. Okay. You get to, you know, I get to go, you know, kill a bunch of people for a good reason and not yeah. have to feel so bad about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Captain Marvel. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked it. I liked that. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was kind of a, a, a very kind of like fun, uh, you know, more, more on the fun side, I feel like, you know, even when, yeah. and, and I don't know if part of that was because, like it, it seemed awkward as the t- at the time, but it made more sense when we found out the scrolls weren't evil. Because like the part like right. when she's like, you know, when they capture her, which is still kind of fucked up. Like you know, it's like like okay, like I, yes, I have sympathy for them, and you know, there's I guess to a degree you can say like, well, they're just trying to survive, and you know, and I guess we don't know exactly what they were going to do with her. I think they were trying to like extract information, but they weren't like, trying to kill her or like, you know, dissect her or whatever. But then like the whole fight scene when she kind of breaks out, it was kind of like more lighthearted than I was expecting it to be. But I think because yeah, it's more like more of a misunderstanding than right. here are some evil aliens trying to like dissect her or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like, Oh shit, don't leave. Oh shit. Don't leave. It's not like, Oh, we're going to kill you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that that's part of it too. Is that like the first part of it? You know, when we're seeing the scrolls as a threat, there is more. Um, uh, um, I feel like I feel like I've said this word multiple times when I'm talking about like more more at stake, more more yeah, more stakes. Yeah, the stakes are higher. Know. Like greater. yeah, yeah. But then when it's the kind heat of is like, on, as, yeah. as Glenn Fry would say. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, but but then like when it switches, you're kind of like, oh, and, and it's yeah, it's a very different I feel like that's maybe that's part of it is like, you know, kind of like what I was saying with Ant Man and the Wasp. It's like we don't know who the villain is and the villain kind of the villain hat gets placed on different heads throughout it. Like this kind of happens here where you're like, oh, the villain is that guy you know, oh, wait, no, no, the villain's actually Jude Law, you know, and it's, like, kind of, like, you know, really weird, and um, plus, doesn't doesn't the guy, like, who takes over, like, the shield, doesn't he, like, I forget if he kills him or not, you know, so it's kind of, like, because he, uh, the, like, that main scroll guy, the, the one actor, yeah. yeah, like, I think he kills the 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 guy who he takes over, the, the shield agent, so it's kind of, like, oh, oh right. yeah, you still murdered, I, or maybe I'm wrong about that, maybe he doesn't kill him, so it's, like, you think he kills him, but he doesn't, so it's okay, like, right. so, yeah, it's just, it's, it, it is very weird, there's a lot of, like, moral ambiguity that's happening there, and it's, like, oh, you know, we're at war, and we're fighting for our survival, so, like, what, what do we kind of allow them slack for, you know, and um, it's also weird that Nick Fury just kind of stays in space with them for so long. Yeah. That we see like <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. 
and like which have we been dealing with fury right you know yeah. like or is it a scroll version of they still haven't cleared that up this is many years in the past like we yeah. don't have the answers for that yet and we won't get them until secret invasion or secret war i guess yeah so rewatchability i think it's it's like again i think it's one i just think like it seems like the um kind of the pressure was off in terms of like being a follow-up to to infinity war mm. like maybe that was part of my ant-man thing was like wanting it to be at least tie in maybe that's that's a pattern i have is like if the next thing doesn't tie in directly or at least acknowledge the last film in a way that doesn't just like hey we're explaining why this guy wasn't in that last one yeah but like i, I know there was a super amount of pressure of like another female superhero movie, everybody is speculating and being shitty and misogynistic about it. So like, but in terms of like carrying the weight of the narrative, I felt like it was left, it was off the hook because it was back in time Mm -hmm. and we could kind of just let it. Okay. We're, we're, we're taking a break. We're going flashback. We're going to do this. It's kind of return to first Avenger type thing of like leading into this, next big Avengers chapter, we get a flashback origin movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it does seem kind of out on its own in, in terms of, like, you could watch it, but it, in whereas Black Panther seems self-contained, this one feels like its connection to the MCU is more tenuous. It's just kind of mm. a weird one. Yeah. You know, so like I'm thinking like in terms of a rewatch, like I don't know that I would watch this one before Endgame. Like if I would do a proper rewatch, where I would watch it, like maybe leading right. to the Miss Marvel series revisiting it would help or something. Like yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like this is it's watchable. Like I would put it at maybe a six would probably be like like. It's not bad. Like I enjoy yeah. it, but it's not one that comes up or one that I revisit yeah yeah it, it it is easier to watch as a one-off even though it's not as self-contained as black panther you know it, it's still yeah it's still something you can watch in isolation i think especially yeah. because it takes place in the past you know right because it took place in isolation you know whereas at least like yeah. ant-man and the wasp it, it even though he's not in infinity war it runs parallel to that so there are still like implications going on around it and it's it's post-civil war and all that stuff whereas with this it's like yeah, the only thing that came before this was Captain America, you know. So I think, yeah, that makes it it makes it very easy to just like, oh, let's just pop it in and watch this one, and you know, that's it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's probably about the same. Like, yeah, like a six or a seven, you know, kind of kind of high up there. You know, again, she's not one of my favorite characters, but I enjoy I enjoyed it, and it's it's it, you know sometimes it is a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, because it's like I don't I don't want to watch only Spider Man movies, you know. Like I want other stuff, you know. So it's like it is nice to have that that contrast. And um, that's the thing. As we get later in them, like they're all watchable. Like there's nothing egregious or like yeah. it, it's all like got a lot of vitriol for the first Hulk movie, you know. Like right, yeah. There, there's like a. a, a there's choices made and things that aren't aren't great and whereas these are just like solid they're good right. like yeah they're not horror for being they're just later in the game and like when when you have 25 films 
of right. six or better quality. Like that, that's a different dynamic yeah. than 10, one, 10, one. Yeah. You know. And yeah, I think it comes down to probably a lot of times like, yeah, like what, what kind of movie you're in, the, you know, what genre are right. you in the mood for, you know, that type of thing or, or yeah. Like if you choose to watch the ones that are your favorite characters more often, you know, um, and I mean, I mean, you know, and that's part of it too, is like, I mean, you know, we have had three, three Iron Man, three Spider, I mean, three, um, yeah, well, yeah, five Spider-Man at this point or six or seven, you know, um, you know, three Captain America, three Thor. So it's like, we, 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 there is more investment in those characters. So it's like, you know, the, yeah, I guess that's part of it is like, you know, do you want the one off because it's like, I want to be free from that baggage you know or you know do i want that sort of that growth that i've that we got to see over the course you know i think that's a lot of what you'd probably have to be in the mood for too but um but yeah again in terms of quality there's nothing that makes it bad and go like i don't want to watch this again you know it's definitely good and yeah and it has some some solid pluses to it not just neutral yeah so yeah yeah six or seven definitely okay and end game oh jesus (laughs) i yeah this this is a movie like there's so much in this movie um i mean it's also kind of two movies you know because you've got that whole like there is the the coda to infinity war yeah right where they're like okay oh, we had this thing. Oh, it's up here. Like maybe that's where Thanos is. Let's go get, you know, you have that chunk first chunk of the movie that takes place like almost immediately after Endgame, you know, and you, you almost get this sense, which, which part of me, like, as we were talking about the end of infinity war, like part of me was almost thinking like, I almost wish that was included at the end. Cause like, I mean, it's a great ending. It's a great way to be like snap. He won he he bounces, you know, fuck all you. But the fact that in this, it's like, wait, there's a little bit of hope. Let's try to do it. Nope. The infinity stones are destroyed. We're going to kill Thanos, but that's kind of an empty victory. Now what, you know? Um, I mean, I like how it works to kind of like, you know, again, having that ending is great, but like, I almost wonder what the experience would be like. And maybe this is something I'll try one time when I'm watching the two of them, maybe I'll watch all of infinity war and watch this first half hour or so, and then turn it off and go away from it. Right. And then have to come back at the point where it's like five years later, you know, well, and, and that's the thing, like it, starting at that way, this movie does not feel like a self-contained movie. And I think that that's part yeah. of my, like, I like this one less. And it, so like th- this is, it has some of the best payoffs and fan service and all like it's, it's yeah. got, it, 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 it does, it pays off so much things, so many things, but like, because it starts on kind of like this fake victory and then you just sit in it. It's just, it, it's taking that feeling from the end of infinity war. And I think maybe that's why they did it is like, it's, it has the effect of reminding you of how fucked they are. Right, yeah, it's like a recap without being an actual recap of just, here's what happened, yeah. And I guess what it does is you go from zero to the end of Infinity War in terms of hopelessness, like, really efficiently and quickly. So I get, like, there is that, but, like, in terms of the, the, 
plot and the pacing of Endgame as a movie, it's a weird place to be. You know, like it's this weird climax, an- literal anti-climax is the cold yeah. open or first act or prelude kind of thing. It, it It is a weird, it is a comic booky kind of thing too, right? Like when you would get the flashback or like previously on and you would get it like previously on, but it's Spider-Man's comic. It's right. the Avengers comic. So you see it from his kind of perspective. Yeah. It's like an issue zero you know yeah like yeah like like here's what happened you know since the you know this isn't the story yet but yeah yeah and i think that's part like you said like is it yeah it's an issue zero or it's a prelude it's yeah i don't know if you would call it act one right because it's kind of like finishing the story that started in um infinity war and then kind of like but yeah, like the, the the fact that they're just kind of left for five years of just living in this world, you know, and I think that's that's the reason I was saying that is like I almost wish we got to feel more of a sense of of that waiting like they are and having to get on with their lives, you know, because we get this kind of you know we have the end of Infinity War and then you have to wait and then we get to the beginning of Endgame and it kind of snaps us back to Infinity War. And then snaps us forward again to the waiting. You know, it's like, pretend you were just waiting. It's like, well, I was waiting. I was waiting in between right. movies. But then when I came in, you picked up where you left off. So like, and, and again, I know I'm not criticizing or complaining, but it's just, it's weird the way it makes you kind of play with that sense of of time. It's like, I want to I wanna see what it's like if I have to get to that point where it's like, you know, okay, like, yes, the end of Infinity War is, is hopeless because they lost in that one sense. But it's like, I almost, I almost would want to feel that sense of, oh wait, no, here we have a little bit of hope. We think we know where Thanos is. Maybe we can go at him and we can fix this. And then to have that crashed, you know, that that actual sense of like, no, all your hope is lost, and then have to put it away and come back to it later. You know, like I feel like yeah, that that impact. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is impact when you see five years later. You know, like the fact that like we thought we were going to fix it and no, there was no hope five years later. Like, like, you know, there's that acknowledgement that they've had to sit in that. But we as the viewer, we were, you know, we we waited at a different time, you know. Um, Yeah. And it's I mean, I feel like, you know, and, and yeah, they do a good way of establishing all of those. Like, you know, we see Black Widow with her her blonde hair grown out, you know, so we know time has passed. We see Cap shaved his beard. You know, he's doing stuff. Tony Stark has a kid, you know, like so we definitely start to really feel that, you know, that sense of, OK, the time. Yeah. You know, the time has has passed, you know. Um, oh yeah, that's right. So wait, the, I guess a little bit of time passes. Cause yeah, isn't, doesn't it, the whole thing with like Tony being in space and being all like emaciated, like that's when right. Captain Marvel comes and saves him. And then that's where they, I think it's after that, that they get the idea of like, Oh, we had this, this, this other energy pulse, like the snap. So we're going to trace that. Um, well, and that, that, that was the other thing is like the, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen Endgame in a long time, but like the dynamic between Tony and Steve, like that, that so was good. a whole, yeah, like, there's so much in this movie. Like the thing that get, makes me jaded about it is like, I don't like the time travel aspect. I don't think it's explained well. It always bugs me. I don't get how it works. <laughs> it just, it, that, that will irk me. Anytime time travel enters the chat, I'm just like, there is such a fine... <laughs> 
balance you have to run with this kind of storytelling for me to yeah anyway but like tony with his dad mm-hmm. and steve with peggy just like there there's so much fulfillment for those characters like it is a love letter to those characters and how they've been written and and done in this this version of their stories and it 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 is perfect for that like Time travel, like I, I almost wish they had done a, a less thorough job explaining it. Like if they had just been mm-hmm. like time bullshit. Okay, I can take time bullshit. Right. Don't tell me the stones and taking and Loki and the just, <laughs> it's just a little much. Yeah. Well, and that's part of it too. Like I feel like the whole thing with Loki, like yeah, that that kind of fucks with everything, and it's like we'll deal with that later. Right. in this other series and that okay that does a good way of dealing with that but like and yeah i feel like because we also haven't introduced the multiverse yet like this is what kind of launches things into that whole multiverse aspect you know because we're i mean the thing that i liked about it was the idea of being able to go in the past and not change the past because you're going to take the stone but ideally you're going to win and return it from where you took it so that's how we're able to you know, affect things from the past, but not change the course of the past, you know, of of the, you know, um, but yeah, I feel like at one point they're like, Oh, well, no, that past already happened. We can't change that. And it's like, well, well, what do you mean? Like, which, which I mean, if that's, if that's what's opening the door to the multiverse that like, you know, which, which I think is the point is that if you go back to the past and change it, it doesn't overwrite what happened. It creates a new timeline, you know? So it's like, you know, and, and, and that's part of it too, is like, you know, I mean, the, the biggest part of that is, is Thanos, that the Thanos they're fighting is from the past coming into the future and then they kill him. So like, who was the Thanos that you guys fought if this right. Thanos from the past died? So it's like, and I mean, to me, the only way that works is if there is a multiverse, you know, that, you know, and that whole thing. So it's like, and maybe that's part of it is like, we're going to do a bunch of confusing stuff but it's because we're heading into this realm of multiverse and that's why that's possible. So we're going to utilize that without explaining the whole multiverse, you know? So that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping the deal was, is that like, you know, yes, that, that this, when you went back to the past, it created an alternate timeline and it's that Thanos from that timeline that came over into your timeline, not from one straight line. But then does that mean that there's an alternate timeline where the Avengers never fight Thanos, where Thanos never gets the infinity stones? And are we eventually going to see a di- an alternate, like, you know, present in that version where they never had to fight Thanos because right. your, ver- you know, your timeline killed him, you know, um, and you know, so all that's kind of up for grabs, I guess. You know, and if if and that's the like, case, then cool. In yeah. that in that vacuum is an Ultron that goes after the Infinity Stones too. Like that, right, that, yeah, that other thing. But like, I think, and yes, to all of that, I agree. And yes, to all of that, it's just like when Banner Hulk and like I like that. Like Smart Hulk is a thing. Like I, I get mm-hmm. it, and it as like an expositional tool and stuff. But just like. I don't want him to smash and crash. I didn't like he he was oh he was out of the last one and didn't smash and crash. And then we <laughs> right. see him as just like and then banner in a suit and stuff. Like it just and I didn't like the antiseptically white Avengers like suits everybody had. Mm-hmm. I thought they were just kind of like I don't know, like we, sorry, Smart Hulk talking about time travel with really authoritative like 
an authoritative error, but also we don't know if it works or it doesn't. Like, that was the whole thing. Is like, as he's explaining, is like, time travel evil either works or it doesn't work. <laughs> that was the, the, the starting principle. And then he, he proved all of this stuff. It's like, this is how it's going to work and we're not going to fuck it up. But you still don't know if it's actually good. I don't know. Like, it was just kind of a <laughs> circular logic part of it. And from that point, I was just like, what? Do you even believe what you're talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I feel like it falls in line with, where, yeah, if we win, everything will be fine. But if we don't, everything's even more fucked than we started with, you know? Like that, that whole, I feel like, yeah, it comes down to that cap line where he's just like, oh, you know, we, 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 you know, we're going to win because we have to like that, you know, there's no other way, you know, and it's like kind of not even considering losing and what the implications would have been, you know, if they, if they lost and weren't able to return all those stones to the past and, you know, um, Thanos like gets another, another different version of Thanos also gets the stones. And what if he had snapped, you know, are we down to now a quarter of the size of the universe? Cause <laughs> you know, the, the first Thanos removed half and that's what we're left with in this five years later where this Thanos comes into it. If he did the snap, yeah, we'd be down to like a quarter of the original universe, you know? So it's like, you know, and, and what if that created a loop where every five years Thanos comes in and just snaps <laughs> like something like, you know, <laughs> It's so, like yeah, it was... one amoeba being bisected. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was it was a it was a pretty huge gamble. Um, also, one of the things I will say, uh, and this I, actually this is I forgot to say this with Infinity War, I was a little disappointed that I thought what they were setting up in Black Panther, because when they were like you know when when he would sort of go into that thing and go talk to his father. Like I could have sworn there was like an orange tint to that. And those like those sands that he would be in where he would like commune with the ancestors. I was like, that's the soul stone, you know, like we've seen stones take different forms, you know, one's a cube, one's, you know, the ether. So like, I thought that's what they were setting that up for and why they were going to Wakanda because the soul stone was there, not, okay, we're gonna have this other location on this other planet where, red skull is there for some reason, you know, like, like, I feel like that was like, that seemed to be like a really weird thing that got put together kind of haphazardly when it's like, I feel like you had the answer right there. You know, you had, that was a big, like a big speculation point of like, if, if that falling to earth had an uh, impact on the root that became the fruit that gave the uh, black Panther, its power, you know, like Mm -hmm. something in that. Yeah. And they, and it's just kind of arbitrary why they attack Wakanda, other than like Vision is there with the the Mind Stone, right? That's yeah. kind of the, the impetus for that invasion. But, but yeah, I mean, back to Endgame. <laughs> yeah, I mean that I, Tony with his dad. I, I'm just a sucker for dad content. Like that's mm-hmm. just how I am in my soul. So like that, he just has this passing moment with him, and it, it's just it's it's awkward and it's. It, Downey just plays it really perfectly, and the guy that they got to play his dad is perfect. You know, like I don't know, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and like I mean, I feel like that's a lot of it with the film, like you said, is like a lot of it's like payoffs and like fan service and like you know all of these 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 great moments, and it's not you know it's not this thrill ride from beginning to end. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great dialogue and conversation. You know, it's not just 
like, oh, we got to travel through time and the whole thing is going to be tension. I mean, you know, there is a lot of tension most of the time, you know, because so much of it has to work like clockwork. But, you know, even that, even when stuff goes wrong and it's like, all right, we're going to do this other thing, you know, and then like, there's still another option. But I feel, I feel like a lot of it, it was a really great way to just have a lot of very like personal connections and personal situations throughout, you know, like you said, like with Peggy too, like, like all of that stuff, you know, it's not just like, okay, we've got to get the stones and bring them back and kill the guy. You know, there's, there's so many great things and like (laughs) the interaction between cap and cap, you know, like how, how cool that is, you know, that it's like, you know, getting to fight your younger self and, you know, the fact that he beats him, he's like, he's got so much more experience and so much more hardened, you know, like, even though they're, they should be physically equals, like he's able to, you know, I feel like that cap has learned to fight dirty, you know, like, cause he had to, you know, he, he had a beard, you know, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's going to beat you <laughs> pound for pound. That guy's going to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> It's also like the choice to have it where like they keep the five years, you know, like it's, this right. is not a game where they can go back to zero. They, they deliberately right. wrote that possibility out. And like, I don't know. I, I didn't really like that. I I was like, well, if you have the ability to change things with this, you should be able to go back to where you lost before and win that scenario. But wasn't that Tony's condition? Because he didn't want to well, risk the fact of not having his daughter. That's the thing. And I think it's such an interesting, like, most of this franchise is on the whims of Tony Stark. <laughs> you know? Like, that's how much power he has. And the idea that, like, he... It's a selfish choice, right? Like, yeah. in terms of humanity, the five years of trauma and grief that the entire universe has suffered and you insist, you know, like that, that it's portrayed in such a way that he, it's like, well, yeah, he's a father. It's really important. Like this, that's the thing that he won't budge on. But like from a cosmic standpoint, it's just like, I mean, you could still have a daughter (laughs) that five, like (laughs) you're just going to keep, I don't know. Like that, I I was thinking about it this time and it's, Another thing with like the time trap, like because they're saying, okay, we're sitting with the implications. And I I don't know, this is kind of pre Rick and Morty ish, but like the idea of like, there are dimensions where things got fucked and then they just bailed, you know, like, or they had to sit with those implications over multiple. And I guess with the Chitari thing, like the way they've continued the world building to like post Chitari invasion how that develops and then post Thanos and then with the blip thing, I, mm-hmm. I've always hated that it was called that, but like it, it was just interesting. I, I don't know that I would, it's comic books, right? Everything goes back to zero at some point. So I was really kind of expecting like the way they win kind of resets everything to where they lost the last time. So mm-hmm. it was just an interesting, I, an interesting story choice. I'm, I'm admiring it now kind of in retrospect, that no we're going to sit with this for five years and everybody's going to feel that and we're going to have to deal with the awkwardness of people who were younger and now are older you know like that whole dynamic which is what far from home gets into yeah and that 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 was that was something that surprised me and the fact that they stuck with it for the for the next movie they just continued to and with uh 
Captain America and Winter Soldier, the series, like they really sit in hard on that kind of the refugee situation that comes mm-hmm. about because of the th- the snap living with the reality of the snap for five years and then having it reverse in one instant, you know, like it, it's a part of granular detail and storytelling and continuity that I wasn't expecting, but it, it just became really interesting. Yeah. I, and that's one of the things I love about it too, is that, you know, it, it's almost prophetic in a sense, the idea that all those people coming back kind of created this kind of economic stress and strain and it goes to show, like we learned during COVID that, you know, the economy is more important than human life. You know, like people are going to be more concerned about keeping the economy running than how many people have to die in order for that to happen. And that's sort of the thing here. It's not like all these people come back and it's like, everyone's glad to see them. We're going to make it work. It's like, well, where are you going to live? You know, and it's not like, you know, I mean, I don't know that they delved into this, but it's like, you know, did governments around the world just say like, we're going to build houses for you for everyone, you know, we're going to take care of you or is it fucking fend for yourself? You know, like, you know, and, and, and that's, I think the thing is that like, I, I almost see where I'm sure there are tons of people in, in that world who are resentful for all of a sudden, all these people coming back. Well, that's the know? other thing is like, and, it also shows kind of like the, the, uh, simplicity of thanos's solution yeah Yeah, there are less problems because there's less people but people didn't get better you know they they continued to be entrenched and like they when when it's reversed they didn't improve at all they got more selfish you know or more protective Mm -hmm. of what they had yeah like oh there's more stuff for me now because there are half the people i have to share it with you know yeah and a lot of your problems go away when there's just less everything less demand you know in 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 every in every aspect so that it it it, it illustrates thanos is like it, it's a it's an idea that doesn't work it it doesn't improve yeah. life it makes life easier in terms of access to resources but like it doesn't improve life for there to be less of it you know <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's part of it too, is like, there's, there's less demand, but there's probably also less supply because there are fewer people able to, you know, work to produce things, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's, it's, I mean, I don't know if they thought about this going into it, like, yeah, that's something we want to explore. Like if the, if the planet had gotten used to having, you know, three and a half billion people on it. And all of a sudden there are 7 billion again, you know, what would the reaction actually be? You know, and I mean, of course there's the idea of the people who came back who, you know, used to have places to live and now they don't, but yeah, like how is everyone who's been here the whole time, you know, how are they going to react? You know, if, if, if they've been here working hard for the past five years and then someone shows up who got blipped back and it's like, Oh, we're going to give you some sort of government subsidy. It's like, what did they do to earn that? You know, I I've been working hard these five years. Why don't I get something for free? And it's like, fuck you, man. Like these people are just like, you know, they're refugees in their own state planet home, whatever. Like, you know, they, they blink their eyes and the world just changed for, you know, five years, you know? So like the the more I think about like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I understand that we're supposed to empathize with Tony for that decision, but it's just like, dude, you fucked everybody. Not everybody else had as good a five years as you did. I, I mean, I think that's part of it too, is like, I think like, I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, a parent, like I can imagine 
what it would be like to empathize. Like, again, like I don't, I don't have a kid, but I can, I can imagine that if I did, I wouldn't want to be like, well, I've got to risk the universe for this kid. You know, it's like, and I think, you know, maybe that was part of the point is just like, yeah, like this, this kid is more important to him than the entire universe. And, and he's fine with that, you know, however, he does sacrifice himself, which is, you know, I think that kind of draws a, a, a line that it's like, sure. Like you can sacrifice yourself for the greater good, but should you have the power to sacrifice someone else for the greater good? You know, like, like, is it, is it morally okay to be like, I'm going to risk my daughter's existence so that I can save half the universe, you know, like, I mean, I feel like that could also bring in just as many kind of, you know, questionable things, which, um, yeah. And actually there was, I don't know if you, if you watched the Orville, but there was like a, a similar conundrum in one of the, the episodes where, uh, Malloy was like lost in time and had a whole yeah. family and they had oh, to, man. you know, like that, that episode was fucked up that like, that hit me hard, you know, and that was really I feel like it's, brutal. Yeah. It's like a similar thing though. It's like, is it okay? I mean, again, it's something we normally don't have to deal with because, you know, we don't know how to time travel, but like, it brings up all those moral implications. Like, is it, you know, if you prevent someone from, you know, you know, you could also look at it as like an abortion allegory, you know, preventing someone from being born, you know, by changing the past, you know, like that kind of thing, you're not, you know, you're not murdering a person standing in front of you, but you're making it so that that person never existed, you know, like, is that better or worse, you know, and it was also weird seeing that they got to pick up Malloy and seeing his reaction and just being like, completely chill you know the the malloy they remember and him telling them oh you did the right thing is just like oh my god like it's such that like you know it was that's such a great companion piece to this because it it, it, like that was what i was expecting was the reset to zero and it's colder it's crueler in in the orville and it's it's that's one of the few times like they're they're pretty hard-lined on some things like at, at, like the federation or whatever they're in terms of like not interfering but like they're so staunch on that line like they will not have it be a thing in a way that like they kind of play fast and loose with some stuff yeah. in terms of regulation so that for them to come down so hard on it and it to be that character and the idea that like there's no memory of it and they have to live with the choice that they made on his behalf yeah too like that that part of it what what tony does makes everybody sit with the snap you know in that situation they improve malloy's life even though he was begging them not to i i really appreciated that they told him what happened yeah that he knew what he had done and what they did to fix it and that they could have that kind of elevated removed conversation where he didn't suffer through that three years or eight years or whatever it was like he was supposed yeah. to they were supposed to get him earlier so like it, that was yeah that's that's really interesting that show man that orville is excellent yeah did you finish the most recent season yeah okay so you 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 got to see dolly yeah that's yeah. great okay. i was so <laughs> worried I, I i in passing i kind of said I think I, I spoiled it, but I don't think I spoiled that she was like made an appearance. Oh, okay. There, there was Dolly content coming, but right, <laughs> great, just outstanding. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's like the other part of it too is that what I what I like about Tony's decision is like you know yeah like he is he is a human man. I mean, he's smart and he's good with tech, but he's not you know 
you know, like, like a Superman kind of thing. I feel like, you know, when, in Superman versus Batman, you know, when he makes that sacrifice, you know, there's, um, it's like that thing where someone said like DC characters are humans pretending to be gods. DC characters are gods pretending to be humans. And, you know, you definitely get that sense with Superman. It's like, you know, that, that sort of like messianic idea of like, I have to sacrifice myself to save the world. And that in and of itself, I think almost makes like Superman sacrifice, even the original comics less impactful because it's like, well, yeah, you're, you're a God, you know, your, your purpose is to protect humanity kind of thing. Whereas like when you have this, this normal guy who, you know, happens to be really smart and, you know, yeah, he's, he's hung out with all these, but, you know, but he has no powers, you know, like he's up with, he's up with like Thor and Captain America who Captain America is a human who's in, but he's enhanced and Thor is like an actual space God, you know, and he's just a guy in a suit, you know, and it's like, you know what, like when it comes down to it, like I have a daughter now, like that's the most important thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a human first and then a superhero later. You know, and now before a human, I'm, I'm a father first, like that's the first thing, you know, and I don't know, I feel like that's really a, a really kind of complex and, you know, probably accurate, you know, example of that, you know, and, you know, I think, I think if he would have risked that, you know, I think it would have been an idealized version of the, how the story should go, you know, like, like, yeah, I'll, you know, like when you, you know, it's like, you know, when you have the two lovers and we're going to, I'll find you in the next life, you know, kind of thing. Like, no, like that, that's not this, this is like, this is my daughter. Like I'm not risking this for anything, you know? I'm just now realizing that what Tony does for his daughter is the inverse of what Thanos does to his. Oh yeah. Like Thanos sacrifices his daughter. Yeah. For, for the ability to do the snap and what, what he does the opposite that's what it is it's the exact opposite thing he sacrifices himself and five years of everybody else's to save his daughter it's just about bad dads it's fucking bad dads (laughs) it's bad dads and it's in its symmetry and it's balance (laughs) bad dads comics.com That's that's too fucking clean. Now I'm mad at the Russos for being. Too good. <laughs> you didn't like it when he when he you know because he chose to save his daughter, and now you don't like it because. <laughs> God damn it! See, like if in a band gun situation, I'm marooned on an island. I would just like talk myself out of every opinion I've ever had. <laughs> it would just all go away. <laughs> Leave me in a room long enough with one thought, and I will have every thought about that thought. <laughs> That's good. Okay, I guess it's good. Fucking Russo's. <laughs> so rewatchability, or go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm just saying. I think that's that's the thing. I mean, I think that's what you know, love it or hate it. I think that's what makes. Marvel Marvel is that, you know, their, their characters are, they're flawed, but in a way that we can relate to, you know, like, I feel like the, the, the Snyder verse was trying to make flawed superheroes, but flawed in a way that's like, I have no patience for, you know, like Superman, not knowing what to do with himself. It's like, fuck you, man. Like you've got powers, go fucking help people, you know, like you have, you have no, even if you're just a fireman. Like yeah. just yeah, that's easy. You know, 
you don't have to be outside of Kansas to decide, hey, let's save people from fires. With right. Like, like, how many people died while he was dicking around going, oh, I don't know what I should do, you know? <laughs> and, like, I mean, he's he's the opposite of fucking Captain America. Like, here's Superman with these godlike powers, like, oh, I just want to live a simple life. And then here's Steve Rogers, a skinny little wimp, like, I want to I wanna help fight for my country, well, you know? He, and, he and, wants to do know. it illegally. He's so much, like, he's tried so many times that he has yeah. false identity. He's, like, yeah. illegally going about, like, he wants to do it so badly. Yeah. He's, he's And the fucking, the, the scene law. when he throws himself on that fucking grenade, like, oh my god. No you know, hesitation. Like, it's always... Like in memory, I always think about that scene. It's kind of cheesy, like "Oh, who would be that good?" But you yeah. watch it, and it's it's instinct, yeah, instinct. And it, it and the even even in doing it, he's warding somebody away. Like it, it it's incredible. Like no thought, no yeah, selfish thought in that moment. Yeah, and it's like it's like again, like yes, you you structured your DC universe that is the opposite of Marvel, but to your detriment, you know, like you turned, you wanted to turn Superman into an asshole. Like, sure you did, but, but then don't expect me to like him. Like, I'm not going to be impressed with you. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not going to be impressed with you because you made, you know, Superman, like, you know, like, like, and I feel like that's part of it too, is like, you know, you've got Steve Rogers, which is meant to, like we're meant to idolize that the idea of like, I mean, how many of us feel like we have no power in our lives, you know, and in this feeling of what I would do if I had power and resources, you know, and, and then we see Steve doing that. And it's like, even when he doesn't have power, he's still trying to make a difference, still trying to be a better person, still trying to help the world. And his reward is to have power. And then he follows through with that and he does everything he can to help the world, you know? And then you have Superman who like has these powers and like I said, just whines about it. And it's like, you know, I feel like most people looking at that, it's just like, like, how dare you, you know, like, you know, and it's, it, it is the power and responsibility thing. It's like Spider-Man, but at least with Spider-Man, he was a teenager and he, he fucked around and found out and was like, oh, this is why I have to have responsibility because people will die. And then here's Superman just being like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I want to help people. Dude, you know? we need to write a mini series of Spider-Man and it needs to be called Spider-Man. He <laughs> fucked around and he found out. <laughs> <laughs> Poised on the edge of the skyscraper. <laughs> Spider-Man was the, on the edge of fucking around and finding out. I mean, he's that's the opinion. I mean, like, you know, Gwen, you know, like. <laughs> See, that sounds like Goblin heckling him, like, the next time he hangs out. That's like, what yeah. you do, Spidey, isn't it? Gwen. <laughs> Mary Jane. <laughs> Aunt May. <laughs> It's I, yeah, I feel like it doesn't sit right because you kind of feel like he should be this hero and do the hero thing, but it's like no, he's a man, and it's like I feel like that's all, also the thing that most of us in the same situation would have done, you know, and 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 I think yeah, I think that that doesn't make him. I don't think that even makes him like a flawed character. I think it makes him human. It makes him a father, right. you know. It makes him a good father. I think you know, like the fact well, it's that also like you know 
his relationship with his father and his feeling of absenteeism and yeah. wishing that he he knew his father loved him like into this where he is sacrificing like it is so much about god damn it they were they're geniuses <laughs> it's just it's just about iron man becoming selfless becoming a father and truly having yeah. Like it's not no longer motivated by guilt or fear. It's protect this thing I love. You yeah. know, like that he, he, fucking hell. <laughs> I mean if he if he would have risked his daughter to go back and do it reset it before the blink, like that's ego. You know, like that's him being like I've got to be the superhero and save the world. Like, you know, getting to 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 do the thing for the glory of it and for sort of just like wanting to have your cake and eat it too, you know as opposed to like, you know, I, I will help you up to a point because yes, if there's a thing that can be done and I will even sacrifice myself, you know, and, and I mean, that's part of it too. Like, I think it's also, yeah, come to think of it. It's kind of shitty that Tony had to sacrifice himself because if he hadn't participated in this whole thing and they weren't able to go back in time, it would have remained status quo and he could have seen his daughter grow up. So he still had to sack, you know, he didn't, have to sacrifice himself to save everybody else. He put himself down that path and ultimately led to the, you know, oh shit, here comes past Thanos. And now I have to like kill myself in order to stop him, which if we hadn't done anything, sure, that half of the universe would be gone. But me and my daughter would, you know, be, I'd get to see her graduate from high school, whatever, you know, like, so like, I think, you know, getting to see kind of like ultimately how, how selfless he did have to be, you know, I think it's 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 interesting too that like Doctor Strange seeing that as the only way this could happen, right. you know, like like what is it about that? Is it because oh, I had the suit of armor that could pick all of the stones out of you know Thanos's glove when he had it, you know, and you know part of it I'm sure is that like I mean I guess maybe it's a combination of things because I'm sure Steve would have done it. I'm sure he would have if he had the stones, he would have done the snap to kill Thanos and everyone, you know. Um, I'm sure, you know, plenty of people would have, you know, even, even though Hulk fucked up one of his arms, I'm sure he would have done it again, you know, if it meant saving everyone, but like, what was it about Tony specifically? You know, is, is it just that moment where he's able to use the suit, to pluck all the stones individually? Like, is that, that's the only thing what made it have to be Tony, you know? Well, maybe like as a father, he learned how to play, like, keep away. It's behind your ear. Like <laughs> right, yeah. He learned sleight of hand as a father to impress his child. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was, it was very like different than every other tactic everyone had been using, which was just like force, you know, just like get him, you know, keep it away, get it away. You know, like it wasn't, you know. We haven't even talked about like that moment and the moment previous with the portals and mm. who is worthy and who says assemble. Like, oh god, the the whole forty five minutes of the end of that movie is just the most cool wish fulfillment, grandiose splash page comic book move stuff I've ever. It yeah. just nothing like it ever before yeah it's gonna be hard to top too going you know going forward you know like yeah the scale of it the the i don't like i know they shot it all in studio but like it looks good man like yeah. i know they're in a cg like they're in wakanda and that front of it and then they're on the planet like there's there's all 
it's great. Like the way it all comes like together and you get the, the trading off of Mjolnir and the, mm-hmm. the Stormbreaker. Uh, Stormbreaker and also like going back in time and him getting his hammer. Yeah. And that, I mean, and Thor's whole arc. Like, thing, oh, I'm like, still worthy. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that part's super sweet. Yeah. And then like Steve catching that fucking hammer. I don't know. Like, let's blow it. Let's blow this thing and go home. That, that like, that's the, the, the Death Star moment. Like, Han yeah. came back, you know, like it, it just, and then he says it. He finally says Avengers assemble it. it I mean, how did you feel? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all of it. Yeah. It was, I mean, I mean, it probably even tops like the experience of watching the matrix any of the times. Like it's, I mean, you know, because with, with the matrix, it was this thing that was missing from my life that I didn't know I needed, you know, yeah. and then it came in and blew my mind this was the culmination of God. When did I start collecting comic books? Like I remember having a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic when I was in elementary school. I forget at what point that was, but like, you know, somewhere around that time, um, you know, even if it was like fifth or sixth grade, you know, I'm like what, 10 years old. So that's like, you know, 30 years in the making kind of, you know, ish, you know, like, that it was, you know, all of these, all of these pieces slowly coming together, you know, over the course of time. And then, yeah, so it's not just, it wasn't just a payoff of the movies. It was the payoff of like every, every comic book collector who had been collecting, like from the point they started collecting comics, that was the culmination of that, you know? And it Um, was like, like you said, the matrix being the thing you didn't know you needed. This is the thing you knew you needed. Right. This is the stuff. You and it never it thought would be head. possible. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, and it was, and it was there and it was, you know, and it was awesome. It, yeah. it was as good. I mean, the only thing I want more from stuff is to be like more Kirby bright. Like sometimes Marvel stuff is like in shadow a little bit and like a darker filter than I would like to see some stuff. Mm. Like seriously, the scale of that fight, who teams up with who, how they fight, how they interact. Going Stormbreaker to Mjolnir with Steve Rogers, like what? What more could I want? You know, like it it was. People just kept coming out of the portals. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh, every everybody's here. Fuck, (laughs) and it just it was. It kept getting cooler and cooler as it unfolded. Like it was, and then. Iron Man gets the kicker. Like he ends that fight the way he ends his first movie. Yeah. Saying who he is as, as a witty comeback to I am inevitable. (laughs) The culmination of that whole story. Like it starts, ends, it starts and ends with Tony Stark. And that's almost like, I I almost wish it was done. Not, not even that, like, just like, Mm. I don't like that. It's continuing because that was so perfect. Yeah. In terms of an ending, ending for Tony, and and just it's perfect bookend. I felt. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that's part of it too. Is it's like it's the ending of that saga, you know, and like, you know, I mean, like all stories, they take place like in a world, and the world doesn't go away when that story stops. So I think, I think you can still have those bookends and be like that is its own thing, you know, and. You know, I mean, I think it's, I think it's great that so much of what's come after is in the shadow of that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it still has the impact. It's not as if, 
you know, it's, it's not as if we retconned it and it never happened, you know, like, I think that, and and, you know, like they say a lot of time, like it makes it that much more meaningful because they just didn't go back and erase everything and kind of make this happy ending. Like, you know, that, you know, we, yeah, we do know that like, Oh, Tony Stark died. Or I like how someone had said like on, on, on Facebook or something like that, like, Oh, it's, you know, it's still the year 2022, not 2025 or whenever it takes place. So Tony Stark isn't dead yet or something like that, you know, because it's five years into the future. Um, You know, the idea we could still, I mean, we could still possibly play with, I mean, now that, you know, we have a multiverse now we have, you know, we have time travel, like we could see him again, you know, we could, you know, mess around with that. We could play with the idea of, you know, an alternate timeline where, or maybe like, I mean, I would like to see a timeline where they stop Thanos before the snap and Tony doesn't have a daughter and kind of see like what the result of that is and be like, this is why it's so important. You know, maybe, maybe that's something they have up their sleeve where it's like, you know, part of what's his part of Dr. Strange's whole thing about this is the one way this works. Maybe it doesn't just have to do with defeating Thanos. Maybe if Tony hadn't sacrificed himself and, you know, his daughter hadn't been bored, maybe she's more important down the line to the Marvel universe or something, you know? So maybe that's something else we're going to see come later where it's like, yeah, like he, you know, not, you know, not just because he's a father, but just because for the fate of everything, maybe that's also what Strange was referring to, you know? Um, so be interested to see like, yeah, what role she plays down the line, you know, is she going to become like a superhero or something? And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think, I, I think we can still look at it as like, this is a, a close, the closing of a chapter and, you know, it's still complete in and of itself. And, and yeah, and you can stop, you can stop watching everything that comes after it and just be happy with that. But I think, you know, I think it does. I think the fact that it does continue, I don't think it, it lessens the impact of any of that stuff or the story. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's great that like, yeah, like the epilogue of having, um, you know, far from home where, you know, he's definitely, you know, especially with the contrast of what a big role he played in homecoming. Yeah. Tony Stark did. And then him not being there and him feeling that and, you know, the, the whole Edith thing, <laughs> you know, yeah, let's, let's throw here to a, a, a rating for this one in terms of what I think this is a nine asterisks for me. Like, right, this, yeah. The, now I'm talking about it. I'm remembering it more fondly, but like, it's definitely like if you plan to watch it and plan to watch it after infinity war, like I, I feel like you're doing yourself a disservice to watch this one in isolation. Yeah. Although I might watch it once without watching infinity war first, because I feel like, I think I did see infinity war maybe more times in the theater, but only saw in game once, or maybe I watched infinity war once, like right before I went to see end game. So I feel like I've seen infinity war twice, but in game only once. So I feel like, you know, I would maybe want to watch it once to kind of balance that out. And then from then on always have to watch them at least in kind of close proximity to each other. Yeah. Or maybe watch Infinity War and then wait five years and then watch <laughs> <laughs> So what would your, your rating be? Yeah, same thing. Like nine, like a That's nine right. conditional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Far from home. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I, that's why I said almost wish it had stopped. Because, like, mm-hmm. this, this follow-up was so strong. And I think I kind of like procrastinated seeing it as like, ah, do I really like this Spider-Man as much as I because I hadn't rewatched Far From Home or uh, mm-hmm. uh, Homecoming in a while. And then you just, 
It's great. It's fucking, it's one of the best school trip movies <laughs> ever. Like, it, like it, it brought me back to Lizzie McGuire. That movie is amazing. Like, I love that movie. Like, they go to Rome, and it's it, it's very similar. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, Zeke and I talked about it afterwards. Like, it perfectly captured that high school thing of, like, having a plan for, like, going out with a girl or, tr- mm-hmm. like, on a trip. And it's like you have it built in your head and you have it like planned. You think meticulously perfect and then nothing goes that way. Right. And it's, it's weird. And it like, it, it just, I don't know that any other movie I've ever seen has done that. Like captured that feeling mm-hmm. is great. Like it, that was really cool. And Gyllenhaal I, for a long time was who I wanted to play Moon Knight. So like, mm-hmm. I was a little jaded, like, ah, oh, they got him from Mysterio. And I, I think it's a great, little like i i like what they did with that character i thought Mm -hmm. it was interesting i thought the effects were really cool and like that suit and everything about like it's a little sad and depressing that it's just drones (laughs) like that's the explanation (laughs) but like it it, it's cool it looks cool and i i like that he has like the superhero look and then he has the like blue or green screen dot suit look oh, yeah the motion capture suit yeah that yeah. was that was a nice touch yeah that that's oh that's what that is that's what that design is you know <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, i and that's the thing like i as as happy as i was at the end of end game like it was so, to watch this finally i was like oh man okay they're doing stuff they've got plenty of room to work with and there's plenty still left to do and oh they're they're really dealing with the aftermath of the snap you know, and and everybody yeah. coming back, and like they're actually showing. Like, I think it's such a great like lens to see things through the the high school's video, like TV show, like news show, because mm-hmm. they show like the tuba players showing up right. in the middle of the game. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just really clever world building that way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really effective. Yeah, I thought. I, I mean, one thing that's great about that too is I feel like a lot of times, you know you know, in the Marvel universe, it's, it's our world, right? They're in New York. It's not, you know, it's not Metropolis. It's not Gotham, you know? Um, but like, you know, they kind of pretend like, oh, this, this could be our world. They could be here. And there aren't like the repercussions that there would be, you know? And I feel like this is a good way to be like, yeah, like this, this world is massively changed as a result of, us having superheroes and and what they've done and you know like yes they've saved lives but they've you know changed things for better or worse in that sense yeah like they brought these people back but yeah like i'm sure tons of people are not happy about that you know i think alice and i were talking like right after this like what if you were in a plane like bringing that's another like the 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 implications of like how many people brought back across the entirety of the universe yeah so anybody interstellarly traveling they're just in space. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Like if you're on a plane, there's no guarantee there's going to be another plane for you to like, so you just, you're just in the sky. You're just fucking falling. Yeah. So like another, like, so we, the little things that we do see, but like, because they show us that, at that granule level, it's just like, Oh shit. They're seriously fucked up. Everybody on the planet in on every planet. Yeah. Is feeling the effect. Can you imagine you're like on a planet with nobody, like no relationship to Earth or or to 
interstellar travel and half your population disappears and yeah. then they show up five years later. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, there's no possible way you're going to get an explanation for that because you're just like, okay, this is... Like, that. that's the what-if stuff I want to see. What? <laughs> right. So, greater implications of the snap and the, the way that... That's the thing. They could have leaned into that, too. That might be like, okay, Galactus is now, like, it's on his radar or somebody, like, now is aware of Earth and, like, oh... Mm-hmm. This is the level of fuckery they're getting up to. Now they've entered my realm of, like, now I'm a real threat. Like, anyway, sorry, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things I liked about it, too, is that they kind of kind of did the thing of, like, you know, and, I mean, I, I think this is only really brought about, maybe it's in the credits, probably not even, though, but, like, in, the, like, the Lego sets where they refer to the, the lava monster as Molten Man, who's, like, a Spider-Man right. video villain and then the water is hydro man right so even though they're not the actual villains it was a way of like oh yeah this movie has multiple villains like right. you know we always get but it's like no they were just like part of the illusion like it was just mysterio the whole time you know so i thought that was kind of cool as a yeah, way to reference those villains but without being like well this is the sequel so we have to have two villains you know and the next time we have to have three you know although they had five <laughs> for the third one so it's like okay well done <laughs> yeah. but yeah so i thought that was a, a fun way to reference it but without having to dig into dealing with those characters you know and it was cool because they're like it I remember seeing that too, kind of leading up. It's like, oh, these two, these like classic villains will be, and it reminded me of kind of like the first ep- issue of uh, Fantastic Four, where like the lava mo- or mole man or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is like coming out of the the yeah. like, sewer grate or whatever. Like, so it, it, just the way they moved and kind of like seeing the the old references, I thought that was a cool little reference too. Yeah, and like I, again, what I admire about this series is kind of like it's spider-man outside of new york like Mm -hmm. you did the suburbs thing and now he's on a trip and it's cool like uh, like people notice man we it's not that hard to figure out your peter parker like i think that's also (laughs) believable about it too is just like okay dude yeah, it's not a howler monkey. That that's Spider Man. You look like Spider Man. Right. Yeah, like Spider Man. Right. <laughs> so, like, I I like that too because they they've really kept the realism of he, he's in high school, too, and he he's dealing with things that are like high school level, and then also like your mentor's gone. That was really traumatic. Yeah, you know, and then like, what do you do without that guiding light? I mean, that's like. Yeah, it, it it's really it's a great a great companion piece to end game. Like it 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 really kind of centers it back down because it gets grandiose and it's huge and it's massive, yeah. and then it brings it back to maybe one of the more ep- empathetic of the heroes is this high school kid, and like you feel like the world is crashing it down around you in high school anyway, but mm-hmm. it literally happened. Mm-hmm. And he's like dealing with all that stuff, and then trying to do normal kid shit too. Like it, I, it, it captured that high school thing, and not in an obnoxious way. Some things that are like just like aimed at high schoolers, starring thirty year old people. <laughs> you know, like there, there's that. But this is this seems removed from that. It seems like genuinely has that kind of kid genre. I don't know, like yeah, travel. Travel writing is what you would call it if it was written. Like it's right. like a ro- not road trip, but like it's like a vacation, like European vacation or that kind yeah. of 
Euro trip, but right. not horny. You know, like right. that. <laughs> I mean, a little horny. He's still trying to get to Yeah, <laughs> and I love the little the the little thing Ned and the the other girl on oh, the Betty date, Betty just yeah. that whole every aspect of that was just like picture perfect for school trips. It's just like you have a plan. You think you're the cool one. You everything's gonna work out, and just randomly. The other guy has a girlfriend, and they go through a whole arc. Yeah. And it's just so gross and high school and accurate. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's a good one. Like I, I yeah. And that's the thing. Like I came out of the theater like that. That was a really good Spider-Man movie. Like that. Like reaffirmed. Like okay, I'm the the Marvel MCU is going to be fine. They've got places to right. go, and yeah. like they they continued like and that was the other thing going in. I was like okay. We haven't really seen a Spider-Man in isolation, like mm-hmm. from like no Iron Man this time. Where does he fit in? What the tone's going to be? And it, they just made a high school movie sequel, and I think that was the cleverest thing you could do. Like it, that genre is yeah. kind of like a kid in high school, more like yeah. closer to American Pie than like Spider-Man with uh, um, the first one. <laughs> oh, oh Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire, yeah. Like so because that one's very kind of it's the sixties, but it's also two thousand three. Like and and everything's really melodramatic in in like an adult way, not a kid way. You yeah. know, like that tone is different. So it, it like I don't know, like it was cool how they, they shifted the genre of the Spider Man movie without really me noticing it. Yeah. It was almost like, yeah, like the, the, the Tobey Maguire one was like a high school movie, but made for adults. Right. Whereas this yeah. one seems much more, it's like made for people in high school and like you can kind of hang too if you're an adult. But yeah, I feel like if you're in high school watching the first the Tobey Maguire one, you're like, this isn't what high school's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's closer to the 10 things I hate about you than yeah. <laughs> Toby's. So rewatchability. This one's pretty high. Like I, I think it's it's good for just like it, like a road trip movie. You can get in and get out of this one mm-hmm. pretty well. Like I don't think it's like it's kind of a downer right after Endgame. And I don't know if you would yeah. watch Infinity War Endgame. This that seems like an odd yeah <laughs> thing to do. Maybe like you could do Spider Man. Maybe Civil War, Homecoming. This would be an interesting or just Homecoming. This and then. Uh, far from home or uh, no way home, but I think it's pretty high. I think this is in the eight eights for me. I think it's yeah, seven or eight for me. I I don't like this one as much as Homecoming. Okay, I definitely like Homecoming better. Um, but it was still good. I mean, especially if you're like thinking of all the Spider-Man movies, like which ones to choose from. Oh yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's still it's still kind of up there. I don't I don't dislike it but it's like if i'm gonna watch a spider-man movie mm-hmm. there are probably others i would watch before this um even not considering no way home you know right. like i said it'd probably be you know if i was gonna watch yeah if it's between this and homecoming i'd probably watch homecoming and then if it was any spider-man it'd probably be like spider-man one or two and then probably this one yeah so it's probably like of my spider-man of the spider-man movies it's probably like the fourth or fifth one i would choose <laughs> what a what a world where you yeah. have 
more than <laughs> one hand's worth of Spider-Man yeah. live action movies <laughs> to choose from. <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> it's nice. We won. We fucking yeah. won. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Morbin time. Morbius. Do you do you do you want to put this one on still? Yeah, I I I guess I miscalculated how long it would take us to. I mean, I've got a little bit of time because Krista's in the shower now. Oh, um, we've talked for gonna... three fucking hours. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> We blinked. Okay, never mind. It'll be I mean, mighty we, Morbid. We did time, Infinity man. War and Endgame in the same podcast. That's like, true. And on. that's the thing. Like, I thought we, we were going to get a breeze through them because, but like, I'm glad we stopped when we did last time because, like, there was <laughs> once we got into the films, I was like, God, I haven't seen these in ages, but there's so much. Like, I, I was ready to write off Endgame because I didn't like the time travel. And then I was like, but, but Tony and his dad, like, yeah. there, there's, there's, hugely emotional elements of those and just like such a great i love the the ending for for rogers like that he lived a life and got yeah. to be happy and and a world was made for him to to be live without a war and like he finally was to the point where he could do that because that was his greatest fear is that there was nothing he what does the soldier do when there's no where for soldiers to go you know like, right and so, like, yeah, I was thinking we would breeze past him and had that, but like, I'm, I'm. Everybody talks about Marvel, but like, I feel like you and I haven't talked about like specific films because mm-hmm. a lot of these we saw together or like pretty close, and we talked about them yeah. in a moment, but we haven't gone back since then. So that's that's kind of it's been really cool. To, and we, yeah. <laughs> we're now we're into Space Four, which is fucking three times as long and. It, weird to try and talk about next like well plus do we do we even know when we're gonna get an avengers film next yeah that's the thing like they we we know what the titles will be and but like they they just halted production on blade like they they lost the director they they fired the director i think and like kevin feige's like is this is postponed like we cannot move forward without a director and they were supposed to start shooting that like next month so, oh, like, man. in terms of, like, what's coming next and stuff, like, we definitely know uh, there's a Loki season two. I think there's a mm-hmm. um, no Moon Knight news, but that's okay. But we've got We're a, doing a, the Marvels. The right. Marvels and then a Captain America New World Order at some point. And then oh, yeah. The Secret Wars movie, too. So, like, there, there's... But that's the thing. We don't even know when phase four is over. We're still in the midst of it. Well, right, because isn't aren't they doing? They're doing like a multiverse saga, right? I think yes. that's. I think that's the what, name of this, this next big arc, which is probably going to be multiple phases within that arc, right? right? Yeah, yeah, insane. Yeah, I feel <laughs> well, like then Werewolf by Night, like, is also in that. Like, it's, yeah, it's so much. <laughs> that was the thing with the original ones. It kind of grew. Got Iron Man. Okay, we're going to throw in, you know, Cap and Thor, and it kind of like ballooned out like that where this it seems like they're almost doing the opposite where it's like we're just gonna like fucking throw all the chips on the table and just like throw out all these new characters that we're just gonna bring in we're just gonna expand the whole world of the marvel universe and then at some point yeah i'm assuming we're gonna get a culminating thing but it's like damn there are gonna be so many so many like new characters by then you know yeah and so many they still have so many threads like 
we got Adam Warlock coming up, right? Yeah. Like, for something. Like, in his big thing in the comics was, like, beating Thanos. You know? Yeah. So, like, what do you do with him? Where does he go? Like... Yeah. So there's going to be some, like, cosmic element still. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think... Um, fucking Galactus. I want a big yeah. purple dude. And I want fucking Silver Surfer so bad. So, so bad, Tim. Like... <laughs> They gave me Moon Knight before a good Silver Surfer movie. Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> I think my my hope and my my thought is I think they're going to do, like, two Avengers teams. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, like a like young had, and a mighty. Had, like, the new Avengers and Mighty Avengers. Like, Or, I mean, even if they call them Avengers and Young Avengers. I mean, they're, they're establishing, you know... Um, you know, or I mean, you could do all three. I mean, the comics they had that, like Young Avengers was a different team, and then you also had New Avengers and Mighty Avengers. You know, whereas New West Avengers Coast. could be like your Daredevil, <laughs> Spider Man, you know, or Spider Man could maybe even be leading the Young Avengers, you know, because I yeah. feel like he's still a kid, but he fought with the adult Avengers, you know. He's kind of like moved into a Nightwing space in terms yeah. of like elder, elder, younger superhero. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think you could potentially have like three different teams that are all fighting different, different big bads, you know, and then at some point, okay, now we're going to bring the three teams together and that's going to be our next big culmination, you know, like, like Mighty Avengers, they could be the ones that are fighting like the cosmic stuff with Adam Warlock and shit like that, you know, and then you've got like, you know, Daredevil and, you know, I assume probably still, you know, I mean, I'm guessing Winter Soldier might still be around or, or, you know, the new Captain America, you know, they're the ones still fighting on the planet or something like that. You know, I feel like that's a way you could do it without having to be like, all right, we've got 50 superheroes now. Okay. Our next Avengers movie has to have those 50 superheroes. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? You know? And, well, they're also, I mean, have you seen the Black Panther 2 trailer, the most yeah. recent one? Because, like, Namor and the Atlanteans, that whole dynamic is all, like, that's on Earth. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't think that conflict's going to be, specific, like, contained to mm. Wakanda, you know? Like, so, like, I'm thinking, okay, we need some street-level guys for that, too. Like, mm-hmm. like what's the response? Does Strange get involved at that point? Like, what what yeah. big, big hitter can come in and kind of swing some weight around? Like, that... I mean, the fact that they're doing Namor and they're taking him s- s- as serious as a, a heart attack. Like, they are he's got the winged... <laughs> he's got yeah. Hermes shoes, and it, it is not ironic. He's like, fuck you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to flutter to you and stab you with this Triton. Like, I... It's going to be such an interesting dynamic how that... Yeah. And that, that again, reshapes the world, Earth. You know, that's from the depths that's that has nothing right. to do with this cosmos. mythological continent that everyone's like oh atlantis isn't real like no it is like okay that's yeah that's that's and almost that's the, the same thing. as discovering life on other planets you know like and that's the thing like how long between the discovery and coming out of, of wakanda to the global stage between that and then the snap and then the blip and now there's a whole another secret nation yeah that is technologically advanced and superior in firepower. Like, yeah, that's that's going to be wild. Well, <laughs> that's about enough of that. 
And uh, I'll t- I'm taking the final word. I'm going to say okay. Morbius is the final <laughs> word. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.